0: following is a presentation of the Outside Flips Radio Network. Recording live from Studio Shanto, outside of Detroit,
1: Michigan, you're listening to Scotty Freytown and Tyler
0: Dean, the Outside Lit. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Outside Blitz. I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, along with my co-host, the tenacious, titillating Tyler Dean. Uh, Tyler, how are we doing? Week three in the book.
1: Doing good, doing good. Season's getting crazy already. We're only through three.
0: Yeah, we're only through three. I'm uh, super excited uh, for, for this show today. We had a fun week in the NFL, week three. Um, was in the books. It was an exciting week. Got some uh, some crazy, crazy stuff going on. Uh, we got to see uh, the the debut of uh, of Justin Fields, which we'll uh, talk about and probably make fun of in a minute here. Uh, we we I mean we got to see all kinds of stuff. Mac Jones falling apart. Uh, I, we got to see Bill Belichick taking Mac Jones off the field by the wrist, live on. <laughs> Um, just leading him off the field like a child. So um, we got to see all kinds of stuff. We got to see records broken. We got to see records tied. We got, I mean, all kinds of stuff this week. It was a fun, fun week. Um, I had a blast with this one. And and I, my, my boys got a win. We'll talk about that in a minute. But I, I'm feeling good on, on a somewhat overreaction Tuesday. I mean, I understand it's only week three, but getting excited about that first home win. There's something special about it. Something magical about it.
1: You, you get you get that off off the shoulder and you get the first win, so you can kind of yep. try to get get in, get in gear now.
0: And and you you are must be feeling wonderful. You were at the Ravens Lions game this past weekend.
1: I was. I was. So I, eh. I got I, I got some mixed feelings.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, that I'll, I, that I'll save. I understand why, and, and we'll jump into those in the scores. But uh, everything going well. Um, it, it was just a fun week of football. Just a fun week. A wild one. Uh, we got we got all kinds of good stuff going on here. So, Tyler, let's jump right in. I want to get get excited and get fired up. Are you ready for our scores for the week? Let's do it. All right. Here are our scores for week three in the NFL, starting with our Thursday night football game, the Panthers and the Texans. Panthers beat the Texans 24-9. Christian um, McCaffrey was the big story here, going down early. Uh, you know... This, that was a painful, painful loss for the Panthers, losing him. But they still got it done, to 9 um, The Texans were playing scared in this game with Davis they, Mills. They were. They didn't trust Mills at all. Yeah, they didn't at all. I don't understand why. I feel like they should have trusted him a lot more. Uh, he didn't play bad. According to the numbers, he was not bad. And, and they didn't give him enough love. And, and to be honest with you, when they did their hurry-up offense at the end of the second quarter, leading into the half, Man, he looked impressive, didn't he?
1: He he did, he did. He started to kind of warm up a little bit. I was I was was impressed, but I mean the team still needs a whole needs a lot of work in itself.
0: Yeah, and and obviously he's going to be a developmental project. Obviously it's going to take time, but the Texans, um, you know, we'll we'll see. Right now they're they're talking about Deshaun Watson stuff. So and we'll jump into that shortly here. But uh, next up, you got the Chargers with the upset on Sunday versus the Chiefs. They beat the Chiefs 30 to 24. Justin Herbert getting it done.
1: Um, Herbert played out of his mind. He, he played like, how would expect him to be playing the first two games of the season. and he finally, and he finally came alive.
0: Yeah, Justin Herbert. You know, and and I've always talked. To, I've talked about it on this show. I, I think we both have. Uh, I believe Justin Herbert is going to win a Super Bowl. And I right there with you. I still believe that, and I think he's a great quarterback. Um, And the Chiefs, right now, that puts them at the bottom of the division, one and two, which is um, incredible to me. Yeah,
1: it's incredible. I mean, we haven't seen them start off like this before, but I'm also not worried
0: either. Well, yeah, I'm kind of wondering if Matt Castle's in town or something. I mean, (laughs) that's incredible. But, But they did fit. Their two losses are to
1: two good teams though so it's it's hard to say they're in trouble per se
0: yeah yeah two good teams but but one of them is the chargers and and the chargers have sort of been a a relatively middle of the road team we've seen the chiefs lose games like this where it's just like oh hey i'm gonna take a random loss to the raiders you know but you know like it this early in the season um and, and really to lose and, and be sitting in last in the division, and we know it's still early, and we know Patty Mahomes, and we know what he can do, but man, the Chiefs sitting in the bottom of the division is, is like, wow, that that was eye-opening to me. And uh, they're, they're going to have to dig themselves out of a fairly shallow hole, but it's still a hole nonetheless, is it not? It, it, it is still a hole, but I, I think it's too soon. Right, right. Uh, next up, we have kind of what we expected. The Cardinals beat the Jags 31-19. The reason I say kind of, though, it was looking like the Jags were going to pull an upset here for a minute on the Cardinals.
1: They were hot off the gate, and this this was a very weird game.
0: Yeah, it was a strange one. Uh, we had So it, we had Matt Prater attempt a 68-yard field goal, which was insanity. And it was insanity how close it got. Um, but the fact that the Jags had a player back there that returned it for a touchdown... <laughs> That was pretty pretty wild. It was a wacky game, but uh, it was still a lot of fun. Cardinals still pull up the win. They advance to 3 0, 31 19 over the Jags. Trevor Lawrence still struggling, but that's to be expected with this team. With him being a rookie, you and I have talked about it in the past. Rookies should sit behind starters. Absolutely. Uh, next up, you got the Browns and the Bears. The Browns 26 6, and uh, Justin Fields makes his uh, debut. The Browns beat the Bears. Uh, Justin Fields, oh my gosh, six for twenty for sixty-eight yards, no touchdowns. He took so many sacks in this game that he took sixty-seven yards worth of sacks. So he had technically only had one yard from scrimmage in this football game. Isn't that yeah?
1: Neat? The uh... <laughs> what a stat. No, I, yeah, <laughs> I I'm, I'm I'm speechless at how this one went. I mean, I I, I had an idea how I thought I was gonna go, and uh,
0: it was exceeded. I'm I'm amazed that the Bears, or the Browns rather, didn't put up more points at this point. I mean, like, I understand the Bears' defense is good, but man, the Browns for as, as hard of a time as they gave the Bears' offense and as many opportunities as they got, the Browns uh, they should have put up more more points. I will say Kareem Hunt had himself a hell of a day in this game. Oh yeah, yeah, you know, he had a monster day. Um, next up, you got the Bills and the, the Washington football team. The Bills dominate, 43-21. Josh Allen looked like, looking like Josh Allen from last year. Um, after a rough week one start, he comes out and takes his team back to 2-1. Uh, Heineke didn't look bad in this game. Um, he still had two picks, 14 for 24, 2-12, two, two touchdowns. Uh, but it, it just obviously not going to be enough to get it done against a very, very tough Buffalo Bills team. Uh, nobody circles the wagons better. I think Josh Allen. Is it is it safe to say that we're we're not talking about a regression at this point?
1: Um, it was it was an awesome bounce back game. But, um, so time will tell. I, I think it's too soon to say that it's for sure not a regression, but he, he definitely shut up everybody yesterday.
0: Yeah, was, he did, or this and weekend. He did, and he did it against a very tough Washington defense. And and that's that's one thing that kind of opened my eyes. Is Washington's defense has been pretty good. So to put up forty three on the Washington defense, I'm going, oh okay, he's here. So, there's that. Next up, you got Titans and Colts. Titans 25, Colts 16. Um, Carson Wentz did not perform well in this game. The uh, the Colts, they're they're struggling. They're, this was a playoff team last year. Now they're 0-3. Uh, Carson Wentz 19 for 37 for 194. He had a rough day, but he didn't throw any interceptions or anything like that. Ryan Tannehill had a little bit of a rough day. He did have two picks on the day, but uh, Again, the big story here comes down to big man Derrick Henry uh, ruining people's lives in this game, uh, just throwing people at one point. It was insane.
1: As, as you'd expect, Derrick Henry's just on a tear, and, and he's doing it early now, which is dangerous for the rest of the league.
0: Yeah, and, and one thing that, that, like I don't know if you saw the hit over the weekend, him just, just plowing into, <laughs> I mean, the opposing defender, I mean, just lowering his shoulder, and that was... That was I, I forget who it was that uh, was it Brian burns maybe I'm not sure but that that was a grown man basically and, and he lowered his shoulder on a linebacker and threw that man I, I mean that that was a big boy play <laughs> so <laughs> I was I lived like a toddler oh yeah um next up you got the Saints beating the Patriots 28 to 3 Mac Jones implodes in this game uh, the Saints really didn't have a very great day this was another one of those Jameis Winston performances where he only had 128 yards through the air but he had two touchdowns so I mean this is like very similar yes, to week he, he didn't play he didn't, he didn't make any mistakes right I mean that's and and last week he made the mistakes last week he, he if you remember he wound up on forgetful five I mean it it's it's pretty um, interesting, and this is the what we what we see out of Jameis Winston. He's it's very week to week. One week bad, one week good. One week bad, one week good. You never know what Jameis Winston's going to show up, and the Saints have been limiting limiting his throws. <clears throat> you can tell there. I mean, they, they took him down to 21 throws this, this weekend. They
1: got more back in the game.
0: Yeah, so I mean the Saints, uh, they they roll roll out a win, but I'm wondering how long they can keep this up. Right now, as it stands, they're looking like an eight and eighteen to me, but maybe that's just me. Um, Next up, you got Falcons and the Giants. The Falcons squeak one out, seventeen to fourteen. This one, uh, I gotta tell you, the Giants are a dumpster fire. The the New York Giants, which
1: is crazy because they have the talent.
0: Yeah, they have all kinds of talent. I, I believe Daniel Jones. At this point, I believe that this is a coaching and culture thing over there with the with the Giants. It's very similar to what the Jets used to do. This is a a coaching and culture issue, and for a guy like Daniel Jones who has has shown he's talented, has shown he's got the ability, um, they need a different coach over there. And if you if you were to, to trot a guy like Eric Bienemi on that field, I I believe that there's no doubt in my mind that the Giants will would blow up. And I,
1: I they got too much awesome talent over there, not to.
0: Yeah, I mean you have Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard, and Kenny Galladay, and Saquon Barkley over there, and I and you and Kyle Rudolph and Evan Ingram. I don't understand how this team isn't rolling on all cylinders, especially on offense. How do you only put up 14 points? Against a shoddy Falcons defense,
1: how is that? Happen? I'm not sure, and like I, I put Daniel Jones in fantasy this week because it should have been a no-brainer.
0: Yeah, and Joe Judge, um, I don't think I. You know, I laughed when he got hired. I think we all kind of did, and I'm still laughing because he's a terrible head coach. And uh, to, to give you an idea of how toxic the culture is over there, uh, pictures have emerged from over the weekend where the ownership went into the giants locker room yelled at the team and then kicked the garbage cans over in the locker room that's the that's a terrible environment and and that's that's not a place where i would want to be um if i was a player at this point i would want to stay as far away from that as humanly possible yeah.
1: everything there seems toxic right now
0: yep uh, next up you got the Bengals beating the Steelers 24 to 10 the Steelers just fall apart in this one Big Ben has not played like Big Ben this year we have we we knew this was coming we called this that the Steelers schedule was going from the easiest schedule in the league to one of the more difficult schedules in the league uh, one of the most difficult I think it's top three and and the Steelers
1: now, now granted I will say that Steelers have a lot of injuries right now and their defense should still be in- when healthy top top three but the injuries are kind of adding up and but ben is starting to die quicker than we imagined
0: yeah but here's my problem and and this is one thing i'm gonna have an issue with Najee harris had 14 carries for 40 yards on the day that's actually for 14 carries and he had a 2.9 average that's kind of a, a low carry count for a guy that i believe is a load-bearing kind of running back
1: through the Ben through the ball fifty eight times.
0: Threw the ball fifty-eight times in that game.
1: But really? Najee what I will say is Najee Harris did get targeted nineteen times, caught the ball fourteen with 102 yards in the air.
0: Yeah. He had a monster game. Monster, monster game. And Claypool had a good game too. But to me, I, I see a guy like Najee Harris that they aren't handing the ball off enough to, and they're not giving him enough of a, a rushing opportunity to make him make himself relevant in that situation. And they're relying far too much on Roethlisberger's arm. I I don't believe that that Ben can handle that anymore. They shouldn't be throwing the ball 58 times in one game. That is ridiculous.
1: Absolutely and, not.
0: And I I think that's ridiculous. I mean, you you threw a ball almost 60 times in one game. That's that's nuts. Um. So the Bengals dominate. Joe Burrow looked damn good in his game, and so did Jamar Chase. These guys just getting it done. Burrow only threw 18 passes for 172, but he had three TDs on the day. Uh, that That's something to write home about right there. Um, next up, your boys squeak one out against the Lions, 19-17. Uh, to 17. I got to tell you, your boys looked rough here.
1: They did, and I think a big part of it here is um, going into the weekend after our show, uh, Ravens had a, about a half a dozen players go onto the COVID list. Yeah. In, including Justin Houston is the big one. So I, I think that's part of it. There's also some... Ravens are in this weird um, play down to opponents thing right now. Because obviously they just wouldn't dominate the Chiefs. Right. So it's hard to say what, what this team is right now.
0: Right. And, and we're going to talk about... Uh, well, I'll, I'll say that this right now. This score doesn't tell the whole story. Because there were three touchdown passes that Marquise Brown... Yeah, dropped. It should have been a blowout. It should have been. And it was on its way to being one. Yeah there were, there were three passes that Marquise Brown dropped wide open though they were touchdown passes. They really were. All three of them were touchdown passes. And and he dropped them they were in his hands perfectly thrown. I mean just beauties. And he dropped yeah, them. Lamar will end up getting the, the hit
1: for not being able to be a deep deep pass passer but he, he, Lamar got the ball on the mark.
0: Yeah, he did the job. And and so what I saw during that game was was Marquise you know Hollywood. I don't know if his girlfriend's weren't in the audience or what, but but he he had a rough day. But you guys do get it done on a 66-yard record-breaking field goal from Justin Tucker, he, and, and it was huge. That was a huge uh, huge kick. I was amazed by the fact that it, I mean just banged off the crossbar and went in. And, and you it, know,
1: part of me is kind of glad that because obviously they're gonna be
0: showing this kick for a long time.
1: Yeah. And, and it's going to be a long time, because 66 is going to be hard to top.
0: Yeah. To That's a record breaker. And, and actually, it, it they the Cardinals did attempt to break it this weekend with 68, and it came close.
1: <laughs> <Matt> <laughs> it was like having landed it somewhere in the middle of the end zone somewhere.
0: Yeah, Matt Prater, uh, well, it, it went all the way to the back. Went all the way to the back because it was a 109-yard kick return. So they, he got it all the way to the back of the end zone. He just didn't sink it over the crossbar there. It. it was close. Man, Matt Prater... He he almost broke that thing. Next up, you got the Broncos beating the Jets 26 to nothing. The Broncos just dominating Zach Wilson. Another rough performance. Only 160 yards. He threw two picks on the day. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater looked okay. 19 for 25, 235. Didn't get in the end zone. Didn't didn't throw any out there. But Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams sure did. And uh, there were a couple of picks out there. Justin Simmons gets a pick. You had Caden Stearns getting picks. I mean, you you had some defensive touchdowns. It was a big day for the Broncos.
1: Yeah, Broncos got, got the job done. I mean, uh, like you said, he didn't throw any touchdowns, but he, he played well. He played manageable football, and they they got it done on the ground mostly.
0: Yeah. Uh, next up, you got the Raiders coming back to beat the Dolphins. They were down in this one. They come back. to have the lead. The Dolphins tie it up, they go to overtime, the Dolphins kick a a field goal, and then the Raiders have to respond in overtime, and the Raiders do. They score a touchdown here, Uh, Derek Carr getting it done. The big story of this one, not just Derek Carr and his beautiful 386-yard game, but Peyton Barber, out of nowhere. Everybody would have thought Kenyon Drake Drake would have been the guy, Uh uh-uh. Peyton Barber, 23 carries, 111 yards, and a touchdown.
1: Out of nowhere, plays out of his mind. It was was, was fun to see.
0: Josh Jacobs was out for for this game. Uh, We don't know when Josh Jacobs is going to be back. He hasn't been placed on IR yet, but he is uh, currently on the injured list. And Peyton Barber gets it done for the Raiders. Um, They go up 31-28 over the Dolphins. Dolphins sink to 1-2. And And the Raiders currently sitting at the top of their division 3-0. Next up, you got the Rams beating Tom Brady in the box. Matt Stafford with the Rams tearing it up. He had a hell of a game. He had 343 yards for touchdowns. The Rams, man, woo! They look good. And uh, the Rams are
1: looking sharp. They're looking like, like that Super Bowl type team that that we both they're, they're both expected they were going to be.
0: Yeah, we we were talking about this. We both, uh, and if I'm not mistaken, I think we both projected them and predicted them to be Super Bowl. Uh, we, well, uh, I went a little wild and went Cardinals, which I, which is still not looking too
1: crazy, but I, but uh but Ram, we we talked about the Rams. We knew they're going to be a Super Bowl contender right off the rip.
0: Yeah, I I said that that the Rams were going to make the Super Bowl this year, and right now it's kind of looking that way. It's kind of looking like we might see Rams and Cardinals in the NFC title game. That's that's it's the looking kinda, that way. That that's
1: way. I are still very much in the mix too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So this this is going to be an interesting little little run here. I'm, I'm excited for that. Um, speaking of that division, the Seahawks drop one to the Vikings. The Vikings get their first win of the year, 30-17. to Kirk Cousins, baby, getting it done. Mark Sanchez called Kirk Cousins a stone-cold killer. He was calling him the executioner during this game. And uh, the Vikings get one, 30-17. The defense shuts down the Seahawks in the entire second half. Uh, and And they they outscore them nine to nothing uh, in the second half and, and the Vikings man Kirk Cousins was on fire. Thirty for thirty-eight, three twenty-three, three touchdowns. I mean he just looked good. And even without Dalvin Cook on the field, Alexander Madison came alive here.
1: This is this is two teams that were, were in this weird um we don't really know what their identity is because they've they've shown both both sides of their hands. Both Seahawks and Vikings have both both done that. Yeah. So it's curious where where things progress. Do, do the Vikings continue this hot streak, or do we see more of a Week One? Like, where is this team? It's it's hard to say.
0: Yeah, and and one thing. So the Vikings for the last two weeks, the offense has been red hot. They've been getting it done. Clint Kubiak drew up a great game plan for both games, really. Uh, the Vikings are, like you said last week, are were about two plays away from being two and all. And, right. Uh, it's now they're one and two, and and I I really believe that this team is is pretty hot right now. They've got another big test coming up against the Cleveland Browns, who are a very tough defense. This this Vikings team, that they, they showed up and, and they showed out for, for U.S. Bank Stadium and those fans out there for their home opener. Um, I was impressed with Kirk Cousins. And right now, it, uh, personally speaking, I, I believe that if the Vikings were 3-0 and right now, Kirk Cousins is in the MVP discussion a lot more than he is.
1: I, I, I still don't think he's, ca- he's caught Murray or anything like that but Kirk Cousins has had a very good start of the season
0: yeah I think he I think he's a fringe MVP discussion oh, guy. definitely definitely fringe yeah um if you if he was three and0 I think you're talking about he's in that discussion and and is he is he on there with with Murray well I don't know about that is he on there with Stafford well I don't know about that but if he if he was three and0 right now
1: he'd still be just outside because because I because they don't because the wins don't really aren't really the question here because because you can't put those losses on Kirk.
0: Well, you and you can put the part of the the Bengals loss on Kirk. I can I can dump that one on him partially. But the the uh last two I couldn't put on him and that's why I'm saying I think people would be a lot more inclined to be talking about him in that MVP discussion if they were three 0 because at the end of the day people they see those wins and they go oh okay look at that he's three and zero. he led his team and and that's kind of where people are looking at Matt Stafford right now because if Matt Stafford started this season one and two with the Rams if he was in that position I don't think people would be talking about Matt Stafford in the MVP discussion I think people would be talking about Matt Stafford as though he was a bust and it was a bad trade for the Rams
1: yeah people are fickle in how they view things it's they look at individual and it's supposed to be a team sport I don't necessarily agree with it but
0: Exactly. Um, next up, in Sunday Night Football, Packers beat the Niners. They squeak one out, thirty to twenty-eight, It's the last-minute field goal. Man, uh, Aaron Rodgers, he looked good. The Niners, Aaron Rodgers goes up early. The Niners come back. The Niners go up by a point. Leave uh, number twelve too much time on the clock. He left him, what thirty-seven seconds. I said this. I think they said. And uh, Rodgers drives it downfield big field goal to, to finish it off by mason crosby and and the uh packers take one home 30 to 28 it, this was a fun game it was a good game the niners made it a good game
1: yeah it, it was starting off to look not so good but not, the second the second half started and go, like, oh boy we
0: got a game yep it was an exciting one i enjoyed uh seeing what I, even though i don't like aaron Rodgers, i enjoy, enjoyed watching how he played he he played extremely well and uh, the Packers got it done, 30 to 28. A lot tighter of a game than I thought it would be. Um, I thought the Packers were going to win, but I thought it would be like all oh, seven, eight, nine points. No, two point game. Um, last last second field goal. So Packers getting it done. And last but not least, last night's game, the Monday night football game. The Cowboys beat the Eagles, 41 to 21. The Cowboys looking sharp, and the Cowboys defense is actually I, much more one sided than the score shows. Yeah, I, I gotta tell you the Cowboys defense and and the the kicker about this one is this is Atlanta's former head coach as the defensive coordinator and the defense looks completely different
1: sometimes people are better coordinators than they are head coaches
0: but but you gotta think about this guy he came from Atlanta where they had all those star players and had no defense and now he comes over to Dallas becomes a defensive coordinator and just completely tears it up as a defensive coordinator. I'm My mind is blown here. I, do, I don't understand how, how this guy, how Quinn, comes over here and, and just takes over this defense and just rips up teams on the defensive side of the ball. It's mind-blowing to me because Atlanta for years had a shit defense. We know they had garbage defense. And here we are, <laughs> Dallas Cowboys have one of the best defenses in the league right now. Jalen Hurts looked rough in this game. The Cowboys started playing some soft zone coverage late in the game, uh, He and, and the numbers don't tell the story about Jalen Hurts. He had, he had 326, two touchdowns, two picks. He was 25 for 39, but right up until the fourth quarter, he was not having himself a good day, especially in the first half. They, went, they only had, I, I think they said the Cowboys had more first downs in the first half than the Eagles had plays in the first half.
1: Yeah, first half was looking brutal. Most of the game was looking brutal. It was a couple coverage time touchdowns that occurred. Yeah, it was a lot more one side, and Dallas has kind of cemented themselves as as a threat to the NFC.
0: Yep, Dallas has is, is cemented themselves, and really they're they're looking like they're gonna they, they have the best shot of taking uh, the East this year. And and we have we've spoken about that, and and we I, I believe we both predicted that the Dallas Cowboys are going to take the East this year. Um, yes, turning. So, I mean, and uh, I'm just, I can't believe the Cowboys have uh, started out the way they've started out. But those are your scores for uh, week three in the NFL. And, uh, man, Tyler, we are are rolling right through here. I hope you're ready because it's about that time, Tyler. We are all ready for Tyler's Top Ten. Tyler's
1: top 10. All right. Another big week of scoring, big week of, of stats, and another big week of Tyler's top 10. Kind yeah. of start off with a nice honorable mention. I, I throw one of these in here from time to time. I love that. And that goes to Justin Tucker on the record-breaking 66-yard field goal.
0: Yeah, I, I think he breaks top 10 if he makes all of his field goals in that game. He did have the 140-yard miss.
1: 49.
0: Um, yeah, was it 49? So I mean, he he, he, missed, he missed one. If he sinks all of his kicks, I think we're talking about him in the top 10 discussion.
1: But the 64-yard record was, was there for a long time. It's been tied a bunch of times, but no one's been able to beat it. But here we are. I think we have a record that's going to sit for a long time. And I'm almost kind of glad that the kick hit the uprights because it's going it's go to sh- go to show that, that a guy broke the record, but he had to hit the upright
0: for it. Yeah, we're, you know, we're, we're kind of, it's going to be a long time before we see a kicker with that kind of power. Um, shame on the Lions uh, for for allowing that. And I, I want to talk about that for a brief second, if you don't mind. Um, shame on the Lions for, for allowing them to get downfield. And, and people are, are losing their minds about, you know, uh, uh, delay of games and, and, oh, it was a missed delay of game by the, the, by the referees on the play before it should have been a delay of game, two things, number one, and I'm going to, I'm going to pull one out of your book here, Tyler, you don't let the game go into the referee's hands. We've talked about that. You've mentioned this. I've mentioned this. You don't let the game go into the referee's hands. And that's well, and what secondly, the, the, big,
1: the big thing for me is you, you, had, you had no business letting Ravens, who, have, who are mostly running team, score a big fourth and 19.
0: Right. And, and you also have no business, um, you know, and, and people are going to be upset. Oh, they missed the, you know what? You let the Ravens get deep enough in your territory for one of the best kickers in the history of football to, to blast one through there. He's got one of the biggest legs. He's one of the most accurate kickers. He's one of the best. The most runners. accurate. And, 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 and he, he's going to wind up being a Hall of Fame guy. And, and you're going to be over here, you know, bitching about how the fact that, oh, you missed a delay of game. No, 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 no. Your and team. Well, this and, and,
1: and even then, the delay of game, um, it's no secret to anyone who knows this sport that the, the, the what we see on TV is not always exactly accurate to the to the to the um, stadium clock right now right. I wasn't paying any attention so I, I can't confirm or deny what the stadium clock looked like but so it's usually off by about a second or so right. and then also it's pretty common knowledge that the referees give every snap for every team about a second leeway is if they look if they see hit zero they look back out at you if, if they see you getting ready to snap snap the ball they're letting it go
0: Right. And so there's not
1: even a for sure thing that it was a delay game. I mean, could it have been? Sure. Um, On TV, it it definitely looks very bad. But there's every team gets that little bit of leeway and we don't know the delay from the TV because we can't you can't use the TV clock as being the law says it was for sure.
0: Right. And and that's the problem I have here is is they're talking about this, this, uh, this delay of game. You don't know if it was for sure. You don't know if it was a definite delay of game. And and go figure, you know, this is this is the nitpicky type of thing that I've I've kind of grown expect from the grown to expect from the Detroit Lions fans, where like they expect it right as soon as that, that clock hits zero. I mean immediate. You know, the what the whistles need to, to blow and the flags need to fly and
1: they never ever call it immediate and zero.
0: Yeah, and, and it never happens. And and now they you know, if it if it was any other time, they wouldn't give a shit. But but because it was this time. They're gonna have a problem with it. And and it's like, no, it doesn't work like that. You can't have your cake and eat it too. And and for and I wanna I wanna just bring something up about this Lions team. They fought hard this weekend and they they took a Baltimore team to the limits. And and we're gonna talk about one of the things that, and and I already made mention of it, those those passes by Hollywood that, that were dropped. This game had no business being as close as it was. We all know that. Um, the score doesn't show, doesn't tell the whole story. I've already said that, but the, the there's a lot of Lions fans out there right now, and and I, two of them, one of them that, that's uh been on our show before, Alex Steele and and his brother Andrew, the Steele boys, they've they've come out and and said, oh, you know, this team fought hard for for Dan Campbell, and this team is is going to be a contender, and in, in the next couple of years, and they're going to be Super Bowl contenders. and and all this other stuff, if you think that this team's going to be contenders in the next couple of years, you're high. You're high. They, they, have they gone younger? Sure. But they have a lot of building to do, and they need a lot of parts, particularly on the defense. They have no secondary. They have no receivers. They need a ton of work. And, and you're, for Sheila Ford Hamp to get booed at halftime, absolutely 100% deserved absolutely the the fords have have run that team into the ground for years and and it's like sell the team you know and i understand that the fords they it, you know it's like a big tax write off for them but my god at at a certain point moves need to be made to to make that squad or make that team a winning team and that it will not happen and if, for people to say or, or you know, oh, it's going to be in the next three years. One thing I will agree with is, I feel like the players are buying into what Dan Campbell's doing over there. I really do feel like they're they're you know buying into that Detroit Lions uh, mentality, which is
1: what you want. They just need they're they're a work in progress. There's a lot still left to do, but they're in they're going in the right direction.
0: Yeah, they're trending in the right direction. But if you think for in, in two to three years, unless some serious things go on with the personnel that they have on that team. If you think in the next two to three years that, that this team is just going to be magically fixed and they're going to be playoff contenders for the long term, absolutely not. I, I – no. <laughs> I, I can't say that they will. There needs to be some serious moves. You need defensive tackles. You need a defensive end.
1: Well, you, know, you need a whole defense.
0: Yeah. You need Bloody one. I
1: said it best. There's not a single player in the defense that's start-worthy.
0: Start yeah. Maybe, maybe one of your safeties is. Yeah, I think they've got one good safety to back there, and I don't even remember his name. Um, you have no receivers, you have a, a pair of good running backs. I will say that DeAndre Swift was was a beast over the weekend. He looked and, good.
1: And and Goff is, is playing his heart out.
0: Yeah, Goff is, is trying very hard to make to bring this team to the promised land. And I believe that Garrett Goff is the real deal and he's the right man for the job over there. But this this other than the culture change from, from Dan Campbell, and I don't know that Dan Campbell's going to last that long there to see this thing turn around. That's the, the thing about it that blows my mind. Are the players blo- buying into it? Yeah. Are they playing for him? Yeah. But they want results. The Fords want results. They don't want you know a, a potential 0-16 season with a number one overall draft pick here. They want to see the Detroit Lions show up and be fighting and be contending and and you know be at least at this point you know a seven and nine to eight and eight team and we all knew going into this season that that simply wasn't going to happen. Has the culture changed? Good, yeah. But three years—that's a long shot. Even with as many draft picks as they have over the next two years, that's a long shot. And we we know that the Lions have—I believe they have two firsts this year and two firsts next year. But it's a long shot here and um, they, they've got a lot of work to do on that football team so Lions fans I'm gonna tell you don't hold out hope okay don't don't sit here and hold on to that that hope that oh we're gonna be a contender in the next couple of years because you're not you're just not you're gonna get some really good draft picks you're gonna get some really good draft capital but just you got
1: keep tra- just keep trying to trend up
0: yeah yeah you're you're gonna you're gonna have a lot of work to do in the next couple of these seasons here. Um, but Tyler, continuing into your, I'm sorry for the, the interlude there, continuing into Tyler's top 10, now that we've gotten through that.
1: Yep, we'll jump right at number 10 here, Miles Garrett. Four, four and a half sack day on a, a very abysmal Bears team.
0: Huge day. Um, Miles Garrett, I mean, when he's not beating guys in the head with a helmet, <laughs> um, you know, he's, he's a really great player. When he got drafted, we we knew he was a great player. Um, I, I believe he was a number one or number two overall pick at one point. Um, oh, I can't remember the number, but yeah, he's very very high. He was a high, a very high draft pick. Uh, he's a great player all around. He's he's the heart and soul of that that uh, defense. Um, and and the the, the Cleveland Browns have, have been contenders since last year. They're sort of hit or miss. The defense right now, I believe, is the one thing that's really kind of keeping them alive. Right now, I mean that because Baker Mayfield has not played as well as Baker Mayfield should be, um, and and they've gotten some lucky play from from guys like Kareem Hunt, who I didn't expect to have the Hunt game. Hunt
1: and Chubb kind of keeping things cruising.
0: Yeah, but uh, Miles Garrett, he that pass rush is is unbelievable, and they're going to continue to be unbelievable. They're going in, they're taking on a very shoddy Minnesota Vikings offensive line. Um, Vikings are in for a rough a rough week this week. Uh, and Miles Garrett is the main reason for it. So yeah, he he tore it up this past weekend. Uh, four and a half sacks, nothing to sneeze at. He looked damn good.
1: Number nine from from the forgotten to to the to the top, or the forgetful to the top. We have Alvin Kamara with 118 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown.
0: Yeah, he um bad bad week last week. Horrible week last week. And that was the worst I've ever seen Alvin Kamara play. And then this week he does what he does. <laughs> you know, so. Is he back? Uh maybe. We'll have yet to see.
1: It depends how often uh, Winston plays well.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because every time Winston doesn't play well, it kind of takes Camara out of commission. I mean mm-hmm. that's what's been happening. So I mean I, I I I feel like this change from Win from Breeze to Winston is what's killing Alvin Kamara's numbers right now because any other time Alvin Kamara would be like, you know, number one fantasy football or number two fantasy football back and he would be putting up all these yards and all these numbers, and he just hasn't this year. I mean, it's, it's been a tough start for him. I want to see if he can turn it around, but right now, it's been a rough start. This game was a good chance to get on the right track.
1: Number eight, uh, another one that kind of came from the cellar and, and blew up, Ezekiel Elliott last night just coming alive with 116 think, yards from scrimmage and two touchdowns.
0: I think Ezekiel Elliott kind of heard the, the Tony Pollard talk going on. And it bothered him, and it's it's starting to to he's starting to realize that this Tony Pollard guy is for real, and people want to see Tony Pollard. I believe Tony Pollard, and I don't know what kind of deal he's got in Dallas right now, but Tony Pollard, he could be a number one back anywhere.
1: He look he even looked good yesterday.
0: Yep, he did, and he had sixty yards on the day. But Zeke, I think he realized just how much this guy's nipping at his heels. And I think Zeke is going. Eh, I better, you know, turn the dial up to ten here and and start being Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, he he can't be lazy after since he got the big contract. Now people are calling him out. You know, they they always say you get the bag, you get the blame, and uh, he got the bag, and he hasn't performed, so now he's getting the blame mm-hmm. And Ezekiel Elliott is getting that offense at one point. I remember for a while we were saying, hey, this offense runs through Ezekiel Elliott, and it hasn't been that way since. Since last season, really, so now Ezekiel. And part
1: of that could be could be to blame on on losing Dak, but part of it's on him as well.
0: Right, so now now people are going. All right, well, you know, you got the bag. Now you're going to get the blame, and and he's starting to understand that. And I think Ezekiel Elliott realizes that t- Tony Pollard could take his job, and that he could not. He, he want. I think he wants to remain a cowboy, but. Zeke may wind up elsewhere if he doesn't keep turning it up like this. So it was a great game by him last night. He really tore it up against the Eagles, of, uh, and, and the Eagles had a hard time stopping him. Uh, he got in the, the end zone. I mean, he was catching passes, which was a huge part of the game that <clears throat> Zeke hadn't had in the past. Mm-hmm. He was not a pass catcher. And suddenly he's able to catch the ball to the backfield, which was like, wow, look at him. He's he's actually improving from that aspect. So. Uh, Zeke did he did a great job last night. It was it was an awesome game for him and uh, the Cowboys get it done with uh, him primarily doing it.
1: Number seven, another one that kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, Mike Williams goes off for seven receptions, 122 yards, and two touchdowns.
0: Big surprise. You know, usually we're talking about Keenan Allen over there. Yep. You know, I, I it's um it was a big surprise. But at the same time, the Chiefs defense is dead last in the NFL right now. Um their, their secondary looks rough. Uh they they're missing Bashad Breland, but we're not liking him over here in Minnesota. I'll tell you that. Um but he 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 really just tears it up. Uh, Mike Williams, uh he I, I don't know if this is like the emergence for him, if he's gonna wind up being Justin Herbert's favorite target. Um I I, I mean they're going to have to go younger at some point, and Mike Williams is that guy. I know Keenan Allen's starting to get up there a little bit, isn't he?
1: Yeah, he's run 30.
0: Yep, so it, it, this might be a, a changing of the guard there. But Mike Williams getting it done, I, I'm surprised he was the guy whose number we're calling. But, uh, yeah, he, he got in the end zone twice and, and tore up the Chiefs this past weekend, so kudos to him.
1: Number six, Kirk Cousins, thirty 38, 323 yards and three touchdowns. The executioner. Shows up. Uh, i find a different nickname because you don't want to use the nickname that Mark Sanchez came up with.
0: <laughs> well, and I, I want to make mention of something about Mark Sanchez. I never realized, like, like Mark Sanchez has, like, Mickey Mouse hands. <laughs> like, like, I don't know if you, you saw him on that broadcast, but his hands are enormous. I have never, and, and like, the the guy has, like, dick fingers. It's, re- <laughs> it's insanity. Like his hands are huge. Like my my wife was sitting on the couch looking, going, what "The hell is his hand so big for?" Her? Like like he looked like he could just like wrap his whole hand around a basketball, like the whole way and hold it like it's a baseball.
1: And that's what, it's what I mean. It's it is what you'd want for a quarterback.
0: Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, Kirk getting it done, man. He he was laser focused today, uh, Kirk uh, or yesterday or. Yeah, well, Sunday. He was laser focused. Um, when, when Kirk, there was a point during that game where they zoomed in on Kirk Cousins' face. And there was a look on his face that, and, and dare I say it, was very Rodgers like. And I saw that look on his face and I said, oh, he's real locked in today. And he was. He was really locked in. 328, three touchdowns, big day. Uh, he looked good. There were, there were a couple of plays where he was making things happen that, that I've never seen him do. Um, it, it, they had a, a third and 13, and, and it, it was from the, the Seattle 15-yard line. And he threw a bullet to Adam Thielen for a touchdown. It was a beautiful throw. At one point, a, a, a blitz got let loose. Bobby Wagner comes through the middle. And as Bobby Wagner's getting ready to hit him, Kirk just kind of lobs one up over the little the middle of the field to end the game. Um and and just kind of it was one of those those Aaron Rodgers type moments where he just kind of threw it up and told his receiver, okay, you make a play on it. And KJ Osborne came up with it and and uh got the first down and really put that one out of reach for Seattle. So I mean, it, Kirk Cousins, I mean. The la- over the course of the last three games, like I said, I mean if, if he was a three and0, I think a lot more people would be talking about him in the MVP discussion. Um, but right now because they're one and two, I think people are less likely to talk about him in the MVP discussion. But his play over this first three games, not so much in Cincinnati, I'm not really sold on the Cincinnati game, but his play over particularly the last two games against Arizona and Seattle, two very tough opponents, he showed up and got it done as to the best of his ability. Um, the loss in, in Arizona wasn't his fault. The hell of the loss in, in with the Bengals wasn't completely his fault. Um, the, this game, he, he was the reason they won this football game and, and he did, did such a great job. One thing I do want to mention about Kirk was not just his accuracy, throwing the ball, not just the fact that, that he was, you know, making plays and, and like that play to Osborne and, and the play to Thielen and whatever the case, but I also want to point out the Vikings played, and because of Kirk's ability to do it, they, they played really great ball-control football, especially in the second half. Um, they In the second half, I, I think they only allowed uh, nine minutes is for Seattle, or, or seven minutes, something like that, for Seattle to hold the ball in the entire second half of that football game. So the Vikings dominated time of possession, particularly in the second half. The first half, it was relatively even. But the second half, they dominated time of possession, a lot of that had to do with Kirk Cousins and, and the fact that he was moving the ball downfield so effectively. So, and, and the offense was so effective. So, I just w- wanted to point that out. But yes, Kirk Cousins definitely deserves to be on that list this week.
1: Number five, Justin Herbert. He has a big game: twenty-six for thirty-eight, two eighty-one, and four touchdowns.
0: This man will win a Super Bowl.
1: Hundred percent.
0: I don't care what anybody has to say. He is a stud. He is a monster. He is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. I believe in this kid. I've believed in this kid since he was getting ready to get drafted. I told you I believed in him. I think he is outstanding. And to see Justin Herbert play the way he's playing just makes me smile. I love watching Justin Herbert play. I love it. He is a great quarterback, and he's going to be an absolute force. And in the coming years, you know, we've always talked about, like, the Brady-Manning battles and things like that. We're going to be talking about, like, Herbert Mahomes. I think you're right. We're going to be talking about, about games like that, and and maybe even, like, Herbert and Stafford over, over time. Or, you know, you, you're going to be talking about D and, and Herbert and Lamar. You're going to be talking about these battles between those guys because Justin Herbert is going to be a huge star in this league, and there's going to be a couple of years – in a couple of years here – we're going to be talking this about this guy being, you know, top three. I really believe that he is just an outstanding quarterback and the chargers got an absolute steal on this kid. I knew he was the best guy coming out of that draft. He's still proven it. And uh, yeah, he's the best quarterback that, that came out of that draft class.
1: Number four, Kareem Hunt, 155 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown.
0: Surprise, surprise. Nick Chubb isn't the guy doing it. The, the, You know, Kareem Hunt's good for certain games like this. It's like a a game here, a game there. He'll just blow up. Uh, We saw it last year, too. And uh, they have a a crazy two-headed monster over there out of that backfield in Cleveland. Kareem Hunt, we knew he was a a good running back when he was with Kansas City. Whether or not he's going to stick around in Cleveland, that's going to be the question of the day. I think he has fun there. I do think he has fun there, but I think he's going to want a bigger role. And and I believe that's where they're kind of headed. I, I think that I I see Kareem Hunt. I, the Cleveland's going to have to offer him a big money deal that I don't think that they're willing to offer him. And I think Kareem Hunt now that he's done beating up hookers and hotels and all this other stuff, um, I think Kareem Hunt's going to wind up getting signed somewhere on a big money deal, and and that time is coming, and and. I, I think I see what's going to happen here. Kareem Hunt's going to go somewhere, and, and he'll be a number one back wherever he goes. Um, and, and is he doing well in Cleveland? Yeah. But if Chubb goes down, you know Kareem can step up.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yep, and that's what we've seen in the past. Chubb goes down, Kareem steps up. So I believe Kareem Hunt, there's going to be a team looking for a running back, maybe Buffalo. Could you imagine that guy in Buffalo? Could be. That would be terrifying. So, and, and there's a couple other teams that are, are kind of running back hungry right now. So, Kareem Hunt's going to get a big deal. You watch.
1: Number three, Matt Stafford, 27-38, 343 yards and four touchdowns.
0: I'm really mad that I traded him in fantasy this week. Yeah, <laughs> I really am. I took a flyer on, on trying to get Lamar. Lamar didn't show up. I mean, he still put up 20 fantasy points for me. But Matt Stafford, what a day! Um, he looked damn good. He he's looked damn good all year, really. Cool, collected, composed. <clears throat> he's just playing the best Locked football in. I've ever seen Matt Stafford play. It's a different guy, it's a completely different guy. And and I, I God, he just he looks so damn good. And now to see him absolutely shred Tampa Bay. It, that wasn't just like the, the score doesn't tell the story here. It, even with them being within within you know 10 points, it doesn't tell the story. It, it really doesn't. I mean, I the, the Rams were were absolutely dominating. I, I mean it, it's it's amazing to me. They were at one point they were up 3117 going to the fourth quarter. So yeah, this
1: is this is the Matt Stafford that I always that I've always known he is.
0: Yeah, and and I, I I'm I know for years I said you know he, he was Pad Stafford and everybody's like oh well I guess that Pad Stafford narrative isn't there anymore. Well, when he was at the Lions, he was Pad Stafford. You know
1: he really was. He was Only pad. so much you can do in a shitty team, and That's something that Darnold's starting to realize.
0: Exactly, and and he he was Pad Stafford with the Lions because games would get out of hand and Matt Stafford would would. You know, get to garbage time, and he would just be throwing the ball all over the place. And I had I, another one, Alex Steele, Again, oh, I guess the pad Stafford narrative's done. No, it's not, Alex, because at the at the same time, Matt Stafford ha, is he was still padding his stats when he was over there with Detroit. It doesn't change that. Now it's a different narrative. Now it's a different story. He's not padding his stats. He's putting up big-time numbers. He putting up I big bl-
1: See, I blame the team, so I I I, I I, I view things a little bit differently. Matt Stafford's proven, and, he, and, he's at, and he's now he's actually proving it with wins, that he's one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game.
0: Exactly. He's, he's proving right now that he is the real deal. Is he, is he not padding his stats anymore? He doesn't have to because he's in a good system, and he's on a good team, and he's, he's not in that horrible environment with Detroit. I mean, I, re- really, that's, that's what it is. He's he's in a much better environment, a much better place, a much better headspace. He's not in this this dump of a town. And and now Matt Stafford is is in a place where he can be successful and he's not padding his stats anymore because he's actually got the ability and got the the system to show that he's the real deal. And he's proving it.
1: And he's always in the real deal. See, that's what we just do different from the padding stats. Like that's just him trying to play his heart out because he's he's a competitor. Well that was just him not quitting
0: regardless of you being a competitor, and, and this is why I say pad Stafford, you, you go into garbage time where the game's completely out of hand, 30, you know, and, and that, a lot of it falls on the fact that Matt Stafford played with a bad team. Is he, was he a good quarterback? I think Matt Stafford's a good quarterback. He was playing with a really bad team for a really long time. And it was impossible for him to overcome some of the things that, that were going on And it resulted in him at times playing poorly, too. And then people would go out and Kirk Cousins had the same problem and still still does to an extent that you get the game completely out of hand. Thirty point. You're in a 30 point hole. And then in the fourth quarter, you're going to start, you know, airing it out and putting up all these yards. And then at the end of the day, people would be going, oh, well, look at Matt Stafford. He put up three hundred and fifty yards. Yeah, but well, that's,
1: that's the no quit. That's all that is.
0: Yeah, well, and, and, but that's what people, that's, that's,
1: that's, that's what you're supposed to do.
0: Well, but that's what people look at. They look at that and then, oh, look at those numbers. Look at those numbers. Well, yeah, he played like junk for the first three quarters though. And he, and he did. And then a lot of those lions games, he did. With the exception of those two seasons where they went to the playoffs, where they only beat one team, one team that finished over eight and eight. Matt Stafford, and that's why people kept calling him Pad Stafford for a long time. Because at the end of the day, when, when you got to the fourth quarter, when the game was completely out of hand, you call it no quit. But at the end of the day, it doesn't change that it padded his stats, and it, it made him look a lot better than he did. And a lot no, of it-,
1: it, it caught up to the to how he is because Stafford's even if even if he had retired a lion, he'd be a first battle Hall of Famer, in my opinion.
0: I don't think so. Um, I think he's a, a very good quarterback. I, will he be a Hall of Fame quarterback? Probably. He probably will be. And I think if he does well this season and and takes his Rams team to the, to the promised land, I believe Matt Stafford goes as a Hall of Fame guy. I don't know about first ballot, but I know he's going to go as a Hall of Fame guy. But <clears throat> at that time, that's why the Pad Stafford narrative was out there is because games were out of hand. That's when Matt Stafford suddenly was making plays. And a lot of it had to do with the fact that opposing defenses would play soft zone because they knew, oh, okay, well, it's, this game's over. So they would start dropping it zone coverage. And
1: it comes from the team he played for. That's uh, that's why I put it there.
0: Yeah, and it is on. is. You're right. It is on the team he played for, but it doesn't change that he was padding his stats at that time and in the fourth quarter. It doesn't change that that's what went on. It doesn't change that that's what happened. Regardless of whether you want to call it all, that's the no-quit attitude or whatever the case may be. That's what happened. He padded his stats in the fourth quarter. And uh, that's where the pad Stafford narrative comes in. Now, looking what he's doing now, most definitely not padding his stats. But a lot of it has to do with the fact that he's in a much better team. And he's in a much better headspace. He's in a, with a much better coach. All of it. 100% uh, all, of it. Yeah. His, his whole demeanor has changed because of where he's at right now. And he's not padding his stats at all. I, I'll straight up say this year, I mean, Matt Stafford looks like the real deal. And he's showing he's the real deal. And I love seeing it. I'm totally here for it. Especially because it's not in the NFC North. I mean, really. I, I I'm here for it. So kudos to Matt Stafford. I love what he's doing there.
1: Number two, Logan Wilson. Let, tied for most tackles this week and also had two interceptions.
0: Huge day. Huge day for Logan Wilson. Um, gotta love it. I mean, you don't uh, you don't see very many uh performances like that. Really don't. A uh, hell
1: of an outing for him.
0: Yeah. And this is a guy that we, we haven't really talked about very much. Honestly, we, I mean, he's, he's a pretty middle of the road linebacker, but man, he showed up he definitely showed up. Uh, and, and I mean, the, the Steelers had a, had a rough time. I mean, he was dropping into coverage, Ben threw a really bad one to him. I mean, it was, it was bad. And, I mean, it was, it was, like, directly to him. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, and, and I'm glad he came up with it, because if he didn't come up with that interception, I'd say, man, you, you need to get some stick em, or something. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, one of the interceptions is bad, but one of them was, was a really good pick, and, and he, he might be one of the better coverage linebackers in the league right now. Um, <clears throat> he's a, he's, he's really, so far. Yeah, he's an unlikely candidate to be leading the league in interceptions right now, but he is. Um, and, and he's, he's looking, looking like a stud. So, I mean, good for him gets the Bengals a win looking good and, and hopefully he can keep it up for the Bengals sake.
1: And number one, Josh Allen, 32 for 43, 358, four touchdowns and an additional rushing touchdown.
0: There's the Josh Allen. We know there's the guy we were talking about last year. Um, Rough couple of outings for the first couple weeks. Not all the yardage. Not throwing the ball as effectively as he was last year. This week he comes out firing. I think he kind of heard people talking. And, uh, man, he showed up and shelled out. I, I loved what he was doing this week. Um, his, his arm strength looked great. Uh, and, and he was spreading the ball around. Uh, he was getting guys involved in that game that, that uh, you know, Cole Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders, for example. Emmanuel Sanders had a big game. Um, it was, it was a good game for for uh, him. I mean, five, five receptions, 94 yards, two touchdowns for Sanders. Cole Beasley, though, 11 receptions for 98 yards. He was, I mean, he had one, two, three, four, five different guys that had three catches or more in that game. So, uh, huge game for him. Got to love it. They get it done through the air against uh, the Washington defense, which is not an easy thing to do. Josh Allen, baby, he deserves to be in that number one spot this week.
1: Absolutely, it's Josh Young We, we uh, we've we've known from last year. I, I I hope and I hope it continues.
0: Yep. Now, uh, next up, we've got. Uh, I, I believe I found five that you forgot about, and I'm going to talk about them. So, Tyler, here we go. We're going into Freytown's forgotten five. Tyler, I believe that that there are several players you forgot. And I have not one. I have not two. But I have three honorable mentions this week. That's how good this, this week became. for It was me. a heck of a week. That's how many good performances we had. Um, the first honorable mention, i got to say, Trayvon Diggs, baby. Yeah. Stefan Diggs' brother, two tackles. He had three passes defended. He had a pick six on, on uh, Monday Night Football against the Eagles. I heard his name called more times than any other corner, and uh, they, were, they were trying to pick on him, and it wasn't working. He was playing great ball, and uh, man, he, he looked damn good against the Eagles this weekend, or this, well, on Monday Night Football. Um, number two, I've got Eric Kendricks. He had 11 tackles. He had two for a loss. He had a sack. He had a QB hit. He had a QB pressure. Eric Kendricks was all over the field. I believe Eric Kendricks is one of, the, one of if not the best linebacker in football. And I'm not just saying that to be a homer. I really do believe Eric Kendricks is the real deal. And a lot of people don't give him enough credit. Uh, people don't talk about him. And, and a lot of people were saying, oh, Eric Kendricks you know, isn't even in the top five linebacker discussion. Excuse me? This guy has been one of the best middle linebackers in all of football. And he deserves to be mentioned here. And last but not least, we're going to get our first coach in the Honorable Mentions, Clint Kubiak, man. Um, I shit on him after week one because I thought his, his game planning was terrible. And uh, when, you're, when he was going in, in Cincinnati, he was on like a first and 10 or a first and 15, and he's going four wide with an empty backfield. You know, you're not even going to feign to Delvin Cook or anything like that. I mean, come on now. But that has completely changed. And, and I watched him this weekend call probably the perfect, the perfect you know, uh, uh, game plan and put together the most perfect game plan that I, I, you could have put together against a very tough Seattle team and just dominate offensively, just getting it done. So kudos to Clint Kubiak. And now, next up, the, t- the uh, Forgotten Five. Tyler Alexander-Madison is number five. 26 carries, 112 yards, 6 receptions for 59 yards. I'm going to use a Tyler term, 171 yards from scrimmage. Hell of a game. Hell of a game. For a backup running back? Man. But all those scrimmage yards, he didn't get in the end zone, but, man, he looked very Delvin Cook-like, did he not?
1: He did. He, he, um, he picked up the rock when, when, when needed to come in for Delvin Cook the whole game, and he, and he, and he played the role well, very yeah. well.
0: Dominated Seattle dominated at Seattle defense. Um, number four is a guy we've talked about, Peyton Barber, 23 carries, 111 yards and a touchdown. He had a 4.8 average. Peyton Barber, are you surprised it was Peyton Barber and not Kenyon Drake?
1: I was. I was I was super shocked that Peyton Barber is the one that comes out and, and plays this well in reserve for J- Josh Jacobs. I know Barber was the lead back last week as well, so it's not a surprise that he was the, the starter. I disagree with him being the starter, but this week he kind of comes and proves, proves us all wrong.
0: Yeah. He, he looked damn good. Um, number three, uh, this guy, he hasn't been on, on either of our lists yet, but he finally comes alive. Justin Jefferson, nine catches, 118 yards and a touchdown. Um, you know, he came alive around this time last year and now he's coming alive again, Justin Jefferson getting it done. And uh, along with that, that great Kirk cousins play. Um, I'm sure Kirk isn't very upset about having a guy like Justin Jefferson on the field. Am I right?
1: 100 percent. Justin Jefferson kind of comes out and plays his best game this season and he's starting to warm up.
0: Yeah. Now, uh, number two, a guy that I'm upset I didn't start in fantasy, uh, James Robinson, 15 carries, 88 yards. He had a 5.8 average. He had six catches for 46 yards. He had two touchdowns on the day, one on the ground, one through the air, 134 yards from scrimmage. Big game for James Robinson. This was his first big game of the season.
1: Yeah, he, he started off very slow, and it has a lot to do with the offense, but he, he comes alive the, this this week and, and shows why he's the lead back of this team.
0: Hopefully, Urban Meyer is going to st- take a step back and go, ah, this guy is the real deal. Maybe I should be running the offense through him rather than trying to get Trevor Lawrence throwing the ball all over the place. I think I, that would
1: help. If he's smart, so that's, that's the move.
0: Yep. And uh, number one, this one is really no surprise. Devontae Adams, twelve receptions, 132 yards, and a touchdown in that game against San Francisco on Sunday night. Uh, one thing I want to make mention of when it comes to Devonte Adams, um, this guy took a nasty hit during that game, and he was down, and I thought he was concussed. Um, and and we're that's going to leave lead something into my forgetful five, but. Uh, Devonte Adams, I, I'm amazed that he played the way he did after taking that hit because he still put up numbers after being blasted in the head like that and really looking like he was concussed. I, I don't believe the concussion protocols were followed properly in that game. Do you? Uh, I mean, everyone's saying they were, so yeah, it's hard to say. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm having my doubts. I mean, I, I saw that guy basically knocked out on the field. And for him to be back on that field, I, uh, uh, I don't know. And it was helmet to helmet. It was nasty. Um, he still played well. But I, to me, I feel like that that, that team doctor should be under investigation right now, um, which leads me to my forgetful five. Um, honorable mention goes to the concussion doctors on the sideline. After <laughs> Niners game. Um, they have no business uh, sending a guy like Devontae Adams out of the field, in my opinion, after that hit. I mean, yeah, I guess they said he's fine, but I'm, I'm kind of going eh, it looked questionable. Um, so the NFL will be investigating them. Uh, number five on the Forgetful Five goes to Mac Jones. 30 for 51, 270. He had a touchdown, but he had three interceptions on the day. Rough day for Mac Jones. Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> that, was, he's that was trending tough. in
1: the wrong direction.
0: Yeah, he started out really nicely. Um, he wasn't putting up huge numbers, but can't be throwing the ball fifty-one times as a rook. You know that's not gonna. That's never ends well. It really doesn't end well. And uh, Mac Jones throwing the three picks. That was his first rough game. Belichick guides him off the field like a toddler. Um, That was you know out in the middle of the mall there. I mean, it was it was just bad. It was just bad. That was not what we expected. Um, hopefully he can turn that one around. But these are these are the reasons we always tell people don't put rookie quarterbacks on the field first thing like that. Am I right? Yep. That's exactly why. Um number four goes to your boy Marquise Hollywood Brown dropping three wide open touchdown passes. They hit him in the hands. In the hands. He had them. I mean Hollywood
1: a- Brown should be um giving his uh game day paycheck to Justin Tucker.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he, he, he could have single-handedly put that game on ice if he had caught at least one of those touchdown passes. I mean, but three? Three wide-open touchdown passes.
1: After, after a very hot start of the season for him, he, he has a game that he looks abysmal.
0: Yep, and, and it was kind of funny, and, and even the announcers made mention of it. In the third quarter, in the, four, in the second half of that game, they didn't target Marquise Brown after that. I mean, because all those drops came in the second quarter.
1: Well, there was one in the third too.
0: Oh yeah, there was one in the third, but they they hardly targeted him. They they said like after that third drop, they said you notice they haven't gone back to brown. <laughs> and they, they noticed it, um, and I wouldn't have either. You dropped three wide open touchdown passes. I mean, one of them coming across the back of the end zone where you got the corner beat. Um, one of them where it was a blown coverage, and you're wide open five yards in front of the end zone. Um, it, it was just it was bad. One down the sidelines. I mean, he, he had a rough game. Marquise Brown hits the forgetful five. Um, number three goes to my corner, you know, Bashad Breeland. He gave up several passes this weekend. He had one touchdown given up. Um, on that touchdown, though, it was miserable. Bashad Breeland, they, they were at the, the Seattle Seahawks, were at the 10-yard line, knocking on the door. They got DK Metcalf out, out wide lined up on Breeland. And knowing what we saw last week, where A.J. Brown took a little hitch pass and drove it through Breedland into the end zone, why would you, knowing that that's what's going to happen, why would you play at the one-yard line? You're playing nine yards off of a monster, like an absolute beast, like D.K. Metcalf. Doesn't make sense. Not at all. Asking to get your shit rocked. I mean, really, you're just, you're asking to get rocked. You're, you're, I mean, that man is going to impose his will on you, and there is nothing you can do or say to stop it. And, and you're going to give him like a running freight train head start to <laughs> you? like, what, what are we doing here? So, Deshaun Breeland, he's looked rough all season long. Right now, he is ranked dead last in, um, in his PFF grade for corners, for starting corners in the NFL right now. So uh, a signing that we both thought was a great signing for the Vikings has turned into an absolute disaster. Um, So Bajad Breland hits number three. Uh, Number two, Zach Wilson, 19 for 35, 160 yards, two picks. Again, rookie quarterback on the field, never bodes well. Am I right? It doesn't, and I, I think this is more
1: Jets still. I think it's still a Jets problem. I still think Zach Wilson he's capable of being a very good quarterback.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I think he, he has the capability of doing it. I think he just went to a really bad environment, and the Jets are going to be the new Browns. They're going to be drafting a new quarterback every other year.
1: And, <sighs> it's seeming that way.
0: Yep, and this is what you're going to see. The Jets are going to be sitting at the bottom of the league for a long time, and, uh, yeah, it's going to be a rough time for them. And last but not least... I'm going to go ahead I so Tyler I want to just say this for all the Justin Fields stands out there I told you so we told you so 6 for 20 68 yards he had no touchdowns on the day Justin Fields I, I'm going to uh, I said it once and I'll say it again his name is Buston fields moving forward cuz that's what he is he is a bust.
1: bust and where I will defend fields very briefly here is he is playing on what so far, even with Dalton, has been the worst offensive line in the league.
0: It's a bad I'll, line, I'll give him that. But here's what but he looked my awful. Problem. What did we hear all about when it came to Justin Fields? We we heard all about it this offseason. Oh, he's such an athletic, mobile quarterback. He can get out of the pocket and get all over the place and run all over. And even if that line breaks down, he's such an athletic guy. He can escape the pocket and run all over. How'd that work out?
1: Nine sacks.
0: It didn't work out. (laughs) I told you, and we both said it, Tyler. We both said this. Ohio State quarterbacks just don't translate to the NFL. They're good in that college system. They are not good here. And so far, Justin Fields looks like a bust. In, so after, far,
1: it's not a good start.
0: <laughs> it's not. He looks like a bust after one game. Now, now, right now, Matt Nagy is saying, hey, I'm kind of deciding who my quarterback's going to be after this week. Like He, he doesn't know who's going to be. And, and rightfully so, because it was terrible. It was awful. So, Justin Fields... Number one on the forgetful five. Um, I'm. Gonna, I'm. I will refer to him as Bustin Fields until he he proves me otherwise. That that will be- hopefully hopefully doesn't he doesn't catch up to Josh Rosen and visits on this list. It's getting close. I think it's on the way. I mean, Josh Rosen was was so far he is just the show LVP forever. But I mean, right now. Justin Fields is not looking good, and I know we usually we're we're keeping track to see who our LVP is going to be this year. Not a good start for uh, Justin Fields, and and you know uh, another thing that we're we've added here our rookie rankings um, to see who our rookie of the year is going to be. Uh, Tyler, I sent you over my list. I know you tallied it all down to to get what we've got uh, for our rookie rankings top ten. So uh, hit me with it. Let me see what we got.
1: All right, we have three players that have fallen out of the top ten. We have so they're out on the outside looking in. We have Paulson Adebo falls out. He was nine last week, and Greg Russo drops out. He was ten last week, and Mac Jones falls out. He was four last week.
0: No surprise on any of them. Uh,
1: a couple guys trending trending up right now. Uh, Javante Williams starting to get more of that that back that carry share in Denver. He's he's starting to kind of warm up a little bit. He's mm-hmm. I think he's moving his way his way up closer to the top ten. Yep. Najee Harris is, is getting better as well.
0: Yeah, he had a big game this week through the air.
1: I think it's gonna take another one to, to get himself back get himself back on the list.
0: Yeah, if Najee Harris, I I if he could prove himself in Pittsburgh as like a running back running back as opposed to a change of pace back, I think we're having a different discussion.
1: Because he's a no he's a he's a head down bulldozer type runner. Right. And the other one that, that's kind of trending up is Greg Newsome.
0: Yeah. Um really had a bad start. He had a bad week one and then week 2 and 3 Newsom just showed up and shelled out. I mean, he 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 has looked really good since then. Um his PFF grades have have I mean really skyrocketed and uh, he's looking like like one of the better corner pickups um from from this offseason uh in in the draft. So he's he's looking really nice.
1: And going to the top ten, number ten, Jalen Waddle was was last at seven. Now he's at ten. He's hanging on. He's he's had a couple of uh, sort of rough weeks. He still looked okay.
0: Yeah, he, he's he's very middle of the road right now. Um, his his he's getting a lot of yardage. He's not getting a lot of touchdowns. Um, and and you know this week was fifty eight yards. Last week was forty six yards. The week before that, I think he had 69, 68 or sixty nine yards. He's very middle of the road right now. And he's getting a lot of catches, but he, he's a very short yardage receiver right now. And uh, he isn't, you know, as a short yardage guy, he's not really showing that um, explosiveness that I'd expect. Uh, so he's he's falling gradually. Um, this week, I, I didn't even, I don't even believe I had him on my list this week.
1: No, I still had him on mine. Yeah. Number nine, Kyle Pitts. I was last at eight. Drops a little bit, but he's still kind of hanging on.
0: Yeah, Pitts. Um, he's still become a big factor in that Atlanta offense, but he's not as big of a factor as everybody thought. Um, This week he only had, he had a rough game, two receptions for 35 yards. So, I mean, he, he stuck around, but he's still low. Um, I mean, it's just, it's one of those things where Atlanta, they don't really have much of anything over there as far as weaponry goes outside of Ridley and Pitts. Yep, and, and that's well,
1: that. And out of
0: nowhere, um, Cordero Patterson. Yeah, Patterson has has turned up as the the uh, kind of a strange receiving option for them, sort of a change of pace back. And and he was the guy that actually led the team in yardage this week. Yep. So, I mean, I, it, it's kind of an interesting little dynamic. I would like to see if if Pitts can can start turning it up. We were talking last week is. You know, he's going to get higher toward the list if he starts putting up those those Gonzalez type numbers that we expect. Um, And for the way he was talked up during draft time, I expect a lot more from him. And so far, we just we haven't gotten that. We haven't gotten the hype, really. We haven't gotten the numbers that that equal the hype that he got this offseason.
1: Number eight uh, debut on the list is Asante Samuel, Jr.,
0: yeah, a good couple of weeks kind of takes him up the list. And when I say a good couple of weeks, I mean a really good couple of weeks. Um, Asante Samuel, I, I love what he's doing. Um, really good defensively. Really. Uh, I, I think that, that for him, especially with the, the Chargers here, he had the pick this week. Um, yeah, he's, he's going to want – I mean, this is a second-round guy. And and he became uh, the first the first uh, uh, corner selected by the Chargers since 2015. You know, so I mean, this guy he he shows up. He's playing good ball. I love what he's doing. His dad was a great a great uh, defensive back, and and here we are again. And uh, yeah, he he was just solid in week three. Good good in pass coverage. He did have the pick. He had a pick with against the Cowboys as well. Gotta love it. Uh, I I like him uh, in this spot.
1: Number seven, another one debuting in the top 10 is
0: Adate Owe, continuing his rise to the top. He had a really bad, he he graded out as the worst uh, rookie for the Ravens in week one. And then this week and last week, he's come alive and uh, harassing the quarterback breaking down the line, making plays in, in, uh, in the backfield, hitting the running backs. I mean, he, he caused a fumble against the Chiefs, the game-winning fumble. Um, he's playing really great ball. And, and like you did, especially early on like this, these big performances, like he had a horrible performance in week one, but week two and three, these big performances, you can see how much weight they hold, especially early on in the season.
1: Yep, because the the interception that Mahomes threw, he was also the the one hitting the quarterback.
0: Right. So I mean, the, he's he's been been outstanding for you guys over there in Baltimore. I I think this kid is going to wind up being just a stud all around. Um, we we kind of uh, we kind of like were wondering where they were going to use him because he we know he's an edge. And and they're using him as kind of the outside linebacker position because you guys do run a three-four. Um, I was expecting him to be more close to a defensive end, but this this position move for him seems to to have worked extremely well for for Baltimore.
1: So far, so good.
0: Yeah, so far, so good. So and and I mean, three tackles and a forced fumble against against uh, the Chiefs, and and now we're talking. You know, another great game and, and a lot of harassing the quarterback and making plays in the backfield. I like what he's doing. So uh, and and making uh, he's making his debut on the list this week. Am I right? Yes. Yeah. So and I didn't even have him listed last week. This week, he was definitely on my list. So, uh, yeah, I, I think this is about the right spot for him. He's trending up big time.
1: Number six, another debut in the list is Patrick Sertain.
0: Yeah. um, Denver. They, they have, like, an outstanding uh, uh, set of corners right now and defensive backs out of nowhere because for the last couple of years the defensive backs have been a little eh. Um, now they're looking great. And, and certain, we knew that he was going to be good coming out of college. It took him a little bit to find his sea legs. But here we go. This is the guy we knew from Alabama. This is the guy that shut down corner we were talking about about him being an awesome corner. We all we knew him immediately when people said his name that that this guy was going to be a stud coming out of the draft. Here we are; he's showing why he's a stud. So uh, Patrick Sertain getting it done. Denver right now they're they're three and zero, and I understand they're taking on on shoddy teams. We'll see what happens when when they start taking on the real deals, um, and and we'll see what happens if, if Sertain can still hold up. But right now, he's looking like the number one corner in Denver. So I, I like this a lot. I think he's going to be a stud moving forward in this league.
1: Number five, Rondell Moore drops down from two. Uh, he had a rough week, but he still had a, he's still having a very solid rookie campaign.
0: Now, on my list, I dropped him down from number one down to number ten. And a lot of it had to do not just with the fact that he had a two, catch, or two catches for one yard this week, but there were other performances that were so much better, um, from from so many other guys consecutively. You're talking Owe, We're talking certain, We're talking, you know, guys that that have have really came alive. Or Sean Slater. All these guys have, have had consecutively good performances, and uh, yeah, he's he's uh, dropped down my list considerably. My list, in particular, considerably because of this really, really bad performance um, from this weekend. He was basically a non-factor. So, But the, his first two games still had a lot of weight for me. Yeah. he. I mean, and it, it still had a lot of weight for me, and that's why he still remained on the list. But it dro- he dropped considerably because when you go from, you know, 100-plus game and a touchdown and you're looking like you're shredding people to nothing, uh, it makes me wonder, mm, are you really the real deal? and especially against the Jaguars. So the, I, have, I have questions about this guy. So we're going we're gonna to find out if, uh, if he actually is the, the real deal and if he can rebound.
1: Number four, Penny Sewell drops from three.
0: Yeah. Bad performance this week, um, and a lot of that is predicated on Owe. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Owe it gave him fits this weekend. Um, coming off the edge there. And uh, Sewell had a hard time stopping him. His PFF trade dropped considerably after this this last game against the Ravens. The Ravens' defense still looked good, whether or not we, you know, that there was only 17 points given up to the Lions, in spite of all of the problems that the offense was having staying on the field. Um, the defense gave Panay Sewell fits, and and th- they were getting after Jared Goff a lot. They were put and and.
1: And Ravens tend to show a lot of those different blitz packages, too. So they definitely put that line to the test.
0: Right. And Sewell was giving up pressures and he gave up sacks and and he had a rough week. He did not have a good defense or a good um, a good blocking week here for 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 his Lions. So Sewell, I I understand the drop here. And that's that's why I'm saying and, and he dropped considerably on my list as well because of how much his grade went down. Um, he, he went, his grade dropped almost 10 points this week. So it's, that's a big drop. So we want to see if, if he can rebound moving forward.
1: Number three, Rashawn Slater up from number six.
0: Yeah, he, he dropped a little bit last week, but then came up again. Slater to me looked damn good this week. Um, and, and he continues to be consistent. He continues to be more consistent than Panay Sewell now. Um, uh, and he's on a, a, a Chargers team that is red hot right now. They, they dominated the Chiefs. I understand they played the Chiefs' um, worst-ranked defense. But uh, sti- or, still, he, he's been, been uh, uh, a beacon of consistency, I guess you could say, for, for Justin Herbert and company. So, great job by Rashawn Slater.
1: Number two, Micah Parsons, up from five.
0: I'm surprised he's sitting at number two. Um, currently, out of all the rookies, uh, according to Pro Football Focus, he has the highest PFF grade out of any rookie. And he's sitting around an 81.5, which is enormous. Um, that's ridiculously good for a rookie. He went and played a defensive end position last week that he had no business playing, um, and then and then this week this week he was back at his middle linebacker position and doing what he does. Um, but Micah Parsons played great football this weekend. And he's been consistent. He's pro- arguably right now, according to Pro Football Focus, he is the best rookie out of this draft class. Um it, I I believe that that Micah Parsons, and he was number one on my list. I, I think he is he is the man um right now, but we do know who number one is here.
1: Yeah, and we had ours flip-flopped, and I I just couldn't give Jamar Chase down to two. Because of like he had he had a two touchdown performance he's he's still playing at an obnoxiously high level
0: yeah Um, Chase gets number one he he last week he outplayed Parsons but a lot of it had to do with Parsons being shifted to defensive end Um, I still think that Jamar Chase is he he's definitely in the conversation for rookie of the year right now. I think these two guys right now are are going to be having battles and pissing matches for the next couple of weeks about who's going to be our rookie of the year or the guy who we believe deserve to be rookie of the year. Um, currently, I, I I believe it to be Parsons, but obviously, you know, um, you know the vote, the way we've had it laid out over the last couple of weeks, obviously the math says that um, Jamar Chase winds up in that number one spot. We're going to see if that changes over the course of the next few weeks. We're going to see if, if Jamar Chase does have a couple of rough games against some tougher teams. Um, want to see if he's the real deal. So Jamar Chase sits there as the number one on our rookie rankings. And, uh, Tyler, that's all for our rookies. Uh, and we're going to be taking a quick break here. We're going to be jumping into our news. we got uh, not a whole lot of stories around the league, but we do have our, our news around the league. Plus, we got our predictions going into the next uh Next couple of uh, games here. So um, you ready for that, Tyler? Oh, yeah. All right. So uh, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break, and we'll be right back right here on the Outside Blitz. At It's Your Time Massage, you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way. Offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's Your Time Massage a natural way to improve your (laughs) well-being. Welcome back to Outside
1: Blitz. I'm your host, Tardy. Hey. And he's here.
0: Yeah, I am. The fabulous one is here. Tyler, you know what, what you're missing out on, um, not being in studio. We've been doing the remote thing for, for the last couple of weeks. What you're missing out on is you could have had a, a nice, delicious bowl of this white chicken chili that I made.
1: Yeah, it sounds really good. Wish I could, wish I could be here and have some. But.
0: White chicken chili, baby. It's wonderful. I got a whole... <laughs> You're, you're missing out. We're starting up all those those football season fall and winter foods, you know, because all during the summer I was like smoker crazy. So you're missing out, man. You don't get any white chicken chili.
1: Yeah, I'll get some soon.
0: Uh, well, you better. But uh, folks, we got uh, news around the league. We got predictions going on. Tyler, are you excited? Are you feeling it? Let's do it. We're feeling in the zone now. We're working our way in. We're getting a little more comfortable. It's week – we're going into week four here. Are you feeling better? Are you feeling nice and comfortable and just, you know, in, in strapped in here? I'm still uneasy about
1: where all these teams sit, but it's – you're entering about a quarter of the way through, so things are going to get interesting.
0: It's hard to believe we're already a quarter of the way through.
1: Well, about that's, to be, but yeah,
0: yeah. that's that's amazing to me because, like, like we wait so long for football. And, and like we, I mean, that, that dead period between NFL draft to the start of the season is just, it's like, what are we doing here? And, you know, we, we get all the, the, the news around, you know, the, the training camps and whatnot. We wait so long for football season and here we are, and we're almost a quarter of the way into the season already. And it just feels like, like you blinked and boom. It goes quick. Yeah. It's so quick. Um but I that's one of the reasons w- w- probably one of the only reasons I'm I'm happy that they extended the the season to 17 games and they might even do it to 18 games we're going to see. I mean I know there are they've been in discussions for that. But um Tyler we got news around the league, a lot of injuries, a lot of a lot of stuff going on. Um and and I'm going to go ahead and get started with probably the biggest news around the league right now, Richard Sherman Goes and works out with the Bucks. He signs a one-year deal before he leaves. The Bucks secondary is all banged up. Richard Sherman comes in. Do you think he helps his Buccaneers defense, who really, I mean, that Bucks defense has not looked, especially in the secondary, has not looked like the Buccaneers from last year.
1: You know, I, I thought I heard something. I saw a news article that says um, scrub veteran has-been player signs with the Bucks. But is that who it was, Richard Sherman? Ouch! No, this is not news. This is not news. He's he's done. He's been done. This I, I, this is the kind of news I could care less about. I, I don't think she, Richard Sherman has it anymore. I don't think he's going to help that team at all. I, I, I think it's actually going to be a downgrade.
0: Richard Sherman. So the, the I, we we know that, that um the Bucks secondary has has suffered a lot of injuries. We know that they've been in trouble in that uh, it, you know from that aspect. But uh one thing that is definitely for sure is is they need a number 1 corner over there whether or not Richard Sherman is the guy that that is going to go and you know get it done. He did have a decent time in San Francisco. I mean, let's let's be real. He he did he did well in San Francisco. Obviously, he went to a Super Bowl and and yeah, he got burned by Tyreek Hill and all that jazz and everybody made a big stink about it. But the reality is that Richard Sherman did well in San Francisco. Now, basically uh, I mean he was basically a year removed from the league, if I'm not mistaken. He was hurt last year. Um, and, and I know Richard Sherman has never been a man-to-man corner. He's never been that. He'll never be that. Uh, the Buccaneers like to run a lot of man-to-man, so I don't know if he's going to fit that scheme or if Bruce Arians is going to take a step back and go, mm, I'm going to drop this guy in the zone, because that's what he is. He's a zone coverage corner, and that's when he's the most successful. That's when he was successful with the Legion of Boom. That's when he was successful with uh, uh, the 49ers. And during those occasions, when he was dropped into man coverage against those speedier wide receivers, he just wasn't good. Um, so whether or not Bruce Arians is going to kick him into coverage, we're going to find out. But I do think that, that it's – the best way to put it, I think, is it's a panic signing. Is it not?
1: It is. It's just yeah. using, using a metric that you like is last year was his worst PFF grade.
0: Yes. Yep. And, and the PFF grades, you know, they don't always tell the story.
1: They almost Um, never do,
0: but. You know, they, they can, they can tell most of the story, but the, you know, most, there's not a lot of metrics out there that do tell the full story. I think the closest thing that, that uh, uh, tells the story is the PFF grade, but at the same time, um, yes, statistically Richard Sherman's worst year was last year. Now you were going to find out, I mean, Bruce Arians does a lot of crazy wacky things. He pulls a lot of good stuff out of players that, that you really wouldn't expect. I mean, Antonio Brown, for example. Um, but we're going we're gonna to see if Richard Sherman still has it. We know he's, he's got all that stupid nonsense going on off the field. To me, I think he's a loudmouth. I think he's a distraction. I've never liked Richard Sherman. Um, but, you know, he, he did play well with the Legion of Boom. And he did play decently in San Francisco. Now, last year, like I said, bad year. We'll see what he does with Tampa Bay. He says he's going to take about a week to get a hold of the the actual uh, defensive scheme. We're going to see if this turns out to be just a bad panic signing or a guy that when the, one of their corners comes back, one of their top corners, is going to be a really good compliment. We don't know. So we got to wait and see. Um, next up, a guy you like. Uh, Colts place running back Marlon Mack on the trade block. Uh, this guy, I mean, he tore it up uh, a few years ago in relief of a, uh, a banged up running back. And now he's here. Uh, we thought he was going to be the number one last year and it turned out to be Jonathan Taylor's show. Well, so, I,
1: I think that that was also partially because Martha Mack tore his ACL before the season started.
0: Right. He was hurt and he's been the number three back ever since behind, uh, oh God, it's him and, uh, who's, Hines. I'm sorry. What was that? Hines. Hines. Yeah. Naheem Hines. Uh, and, and here we are with, with, uh, you know, Marlon Mack. I think he's a valuable trade asset in spite of
1: bills, bills.
0: Yep. The bills should be knocking on the door for this guy. The bills. I, I mean, I, I think that, that they would love to have him. I, I, there's no doubt in my mind. I think a team like, like Miami as well, Miami needs a good running back. Miles Gaskin isn't getting it done over there. So I mean, there's there's a few teams that that could use. Yeah,
1: him. I I believe he lands before the trade deadline and, and and gets a chance to be the starting running back somewhere.
0: Yep, and he's got they have a month. They've got a month to to send him out the door. He obviously, I, I think a lot of this has to do with the fact that he wants to start. I think he 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 wants to be a guy that's on the field more and utilized more. And there are a lot of teams out there that could use him. How about Kansas City? Could use him. Can Clyde Edward Clyde Edwards-Helaire is not going to get it done over there. We have learned that. Hardly. He had his yeah, I mean, he had his breakout game
1: this week, but we'll see if, if edwards Hilaire can continue to get better or if he continues to flounder.
0: I don't buy Edwards-Hillier. I haven't bought Edwards-Hillier for a long time. After that, the those first two weeks um, last season, Edwards-Hillier fell off. I think he's an overglorified change of pace back. I think Marlon Mack would be a good selection for them, just as a guy that can be their primary bell cow back, and I think he'll be able to prove it wherever he goes especially with that Chiefs offensive line. Chiefs are sitting one and two. That could be another, like I guess you could say, panic signing, kind of a panic trade. And if he does well, the Chiefs could extend him, which wouldn't surprise me, and they could probably do it on a discount. Now, um, next up, Lions release linebacker Jamie Collins. This one was just dumb. This is the most confusing, dumb. like, Like, They lost in the most Lions way ever last week. And now Jamie Collins, they release him and they just eat a $20 million cap hit and they release their highest ranked PFF graded linebacker. And a lot of people are saying, well, maybe it's, it's an attitude problem or whatever the case may be. Apparently the defensive coordinator just didn't like him. I mean, that's, that's the, that's take.
1: what it's sound. That's what it's sounding like. So, Cause I could have gotten something for him. It just seems like a panic drop.
0: Yeah. I, I don't like this. I don't like this move. I, I think this is, this is an awful, awful move. And, and the Lions, it just doesn't make sense. Uh, they're, they're starting a bunch of junky linebackers right now. And they're, they're, I get that the team is, you can tell they're trying to go younger. I mean, that's, that's where the Lions are trending. They're going younger. But releasing a good linebacker like this, and, and then to sit at that to, and watch the pregame show, because the Vikings didn't play till 4.30 this week, so I was sitting there watching the Lions-Baltimore game. And uh, I watched the pregame show, and to hear these Lions analysts sitting there saying, "Oh, well, they don't—they—they were—they were calling him a two hundred and fifty-five pound linebacker that doesn't know or or ha- doesn't have the ability to move side to side," and I'm like, "Wait a minute! He graded out really well for your guys' scheme, and the last three years he's been great. So I don't understand what the hell linebacker they're looking at." But, clearly, but
1: it's also the second time in two seasons that he's been released. So maybe there is something there.
0: Yeah. And it might be an attitude thing. I mean, who knows? It could very well be. But at the end of the day, I think this was a bad move by the Lions. They're le- just letting this guy go out the door instead of getting something for him. And apparently, a co- and, and you may not, I know that you, you and I have talked off air about this and you said, you know, I don't know if the, it's actually true what the Lions are saying. And that may very well be, but I digress. At the end of the day, if they did have suitors for him, they should have taken at least the highest bidder. That's you know? and that's
1: my point. It just it just seems weird that you release him knowing he had suitors. I, I just don't buy it.
0: Yeah, there, there's there's a lot going on, more going on there than meets the eye. So uh, that it, that happened. Uh, Jamie Collins is a free agent currently. Nobody's looking at him right now, but we'll see. Uh, next up, Josh Gordon gets reinstated by the NFL. He's signed by the Chiefs. He's placed on the practice squad. I don't understand, like, I, I don't understand, like, like, why this guy just doesn't go away.
1: <laughs> I- well, I mean, he he shouldn't, he, sh- he should never have been suspended to begin with, but it's a different issue for a different day for a different topic. But given his current state and how long he's been out now, I I think he's just too old to have taken this time this long away. And I, I, I don't think he's a factor.
0: I don't think he's a factor either. Um, And and I, I agree with you. I don't think he should have been suspended. But at the same time, to be fair, knowing the league rules and knowing what the league, you know, at that time was saying, hey, no weed. And that guy's making millions of dollars. Just get off the weed, man.
1: Oh, no, 100%, 100% agree on, yeah. on that aspect.
0: Get off the weed. I mean, if, if that's what the league is saying and you're getting paid millions, get off the weed. I, I don't understand like why that's a problem. I, I don't understand how if I was getting paid shit a hundred thousand dollars, I, I wouldn't uh, you know, and, and they said, Oh, you can't drink beer. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't understand this guy. It makes no sense. So uh, but he's back. Apparently he signed with the Chiefs. I don't understand the Chiefs signing him either. It's it's like a reclamation project um kind of like antonio brown the chiefs don't really need the weapons in spite of the fact that they're one and two they they more or less need a running back not a receiver. well
1: they they kind of do need the weapons though because they're only two receivers are all are are deep threats
0: yeah i mean i guess but is is josh gordon any different josh gordon was a deep threat too
1: yeah i mean we're only paying him two hundred ten thousand. 000 so i i I agree on signing josh gordon for 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 peanuts i that i agree on
0: yeah it is for peanuts that's that's the big thing, but I I don't know if he's going to wind up being a factor for him. Like you said, I think he's, uh, he's a bit too old at this point. Um, he's been in and out of the league. I mean, what this is is this four or five times at this point.
1: I lost track.
0: Yeah, it's it's been too many. So Josh Gordon is back with the Chiefs. Uh, next up, you got so after so the Steelers go out and they lose to the Bengals this week. Uh, wide receiver Tyler Boyd believes that the C, the Steelers simply and I quote gave up during Sunday's loss. Um, Tyler, are did you see what I saw? Did the Steelers give up or was big, big Ben just, just garbage?
1: Big Ben's dying. I think he is. That I just simply, quite simply what we've been saying is big Ben is finally just dying and it's happening quick.
0: Yeah, I, I think he's done. It, it seems like big Ben is done at this point. I, he hasn't played well. The arm strength isn't there. He can't hit the deep ball. Um, I think he's done. I think we're we're talking about the end of an era here, and, and we're, we're watching this this uh, the old guy kind of wither away at this point. He's a Hall of Fame first ballot, Ben Roethlisberger first ballot Hall of Famer. I don't I don't care what anybody has to say. He is, but uh, we're watching him him just struggle and die here. I mean that's that, that's what we're we're seeing here, and his career is is basically winding down, and he needs to just hang him up. I it's think reminiscence
1: of Peyton Manning in his last year.
0: Yeah, that's kind of what it reminds me of because Peyton Manning in his last year was not good. He, he got sat for Trevor Simeon and he got sat. Well, he was hurt, but yeah. Well, but yeah, and then and then uh, Osweiler stayed in there for a while after even after Peyton was healthy. I mean, there, there was a lot of stuff going on there, and Peyton got it done in the playoffs, and, and the defense really kind of dragged him through it. But uh, that's kind of what we're seeing out of Ben Roethlisberger right now, and I mean. I think, like you said, this is this is Peyton Manning two point oh. It's the end of an era, and I think that that uh, yeah, that we're we're watching Ben wither away here. Um, but he will be a first ballot Hall of Famer. I think he's done after this year, don't you? Oh, I I think I don't think
1: there's any way he he can stick around to this. He, he'd be crazy to try.
0: Yeah, I think he's nuts for that. Um, now going through the news here, we have a slew of injuries, um, but I, I also. We, we even had a, a head coach fall ill. Uh, the Chiefs head coach, Andy Reid, falls ill following the Chiefs' loss to the Chargers. He was transported to a local hospital. He's since been released. It's non-COVID related, and they're saying he's fine. Um, Andy Reid. I, I, I mean, how big of a, a loss would that be if if that man couldn't come back to work? And he's back to work now. But how big of a loss would it be for the Chiefs if Andy Reid couldn't be back to work on on? Uh,
1: he's Andy yeah. Reid's a heart and soul. He's one. Of, he's one of the best coaches in the history of the game. Yep. Um. That's that was a, that was a t- that was terrifying when it happened. I'm I'm glad things are doing better now. But I, I don't think you can really lose Andy Reid.
0: No, you can't. I mean, I think I think Eric Bieniemy is a great offensive coordinator. Um, but, and, and he would probably be the guy to to take over the reins if if Reed were to be incapacitated in any way, shape or form. But, uh, you know, I'm glad Andy Reed's doing better. Uh, he's got some work to do with the, the old chiefs, but the chiefs are not having a good stroke of luck here, uh, for the first part of the season with Andy Reed going ill and them being one and two and losing divisional game and all this stuff. This has not been good luck for the, for the chiefs, uh, in, in the last few weeks here. Not at all. No. Now, uh, we also had uh, before the injuries. We we had uh, Justin Fields. He struggled in his NFL start. Matt Nagy says he's now considering Andy Dalton, Nick Foles, and Justin Fields for the starting position moving into Week Four as uh, fans begin to call for his head. I believe that this is Matt Nagy's last year in the NFL uh, as a hundred percent. I think this he's done after this year, unless he has some sort of drastic turnaround. Um. If you had to put your money on one of those three quarterbacks starting this week, who do you think gets the start? Andy Dalton. I believe it, it's going to be Andy Dalton. Um, I think the guy that's going to be most successful in that situation would be Nick Foles, to be honest with you.
1: If mm-hmm. I'm given the Nagy system.
0: Yeah. I, I can I, see
1: that, but I, I still don't believe in Nick Foles.
0: I don't believe in Nick Foles either. I think he had that one magical postseason you know, three-game streak, and that was about it, and Everybody was making a big hoopla about him. I don't believe in Nick Foles, but we, you know, I, I do could, I could see the bears making the move and, and say, I also
1: hey. don't think that Patrick Mahomes could, could help the bears win a game.
0: You really, you do their all
1: line is dreadful.
0: Yeah. That offensive. It's, it's,
1: it's one part where I do feel bad for, for fields. And it is because the, the team's not there it, it's straight up. You have your Lamborghini or I mean, it's not really Lamborghini roots because it's not a good quarterback. Um, you got your you get your beater car is out getting beat up more.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's it's, you know, a 1980 Ford Pinto and and you're that thing's getting, you know, beat to hell right now. Um, but I, you know, I, I agree with you that that the offensive line is bad. I don't think they're as bad as everybody real as good as bad as everybody thinks. Because he did have, you know, there was a, a and I'm going to dispel a rumor here. It said that, there, and Bears fans actually thought that this was a legitimate statistic. They said that he had .78 seconds to throw the ball on, on um, Sunday. That is a false statistic. He actually was more close to 2.7 seconds to throw the ball, which is actually decent. Um, but the, the line is abysmal. Guys get beat all the time. Uh, Justin Fields, you know, and, and here's the thing that you get a guy like Justin Fields and you expect him to, everybody ranted and raved all about how he's mobile. Oh, this guy can run the ball so well, he's going to be the next Lamar. Well, we didn't see that mobility on Sunday. And, and it, it was showcased in just about every one of those sacks when he escaped the pocket and tried to run and he got brought down. So. I don't, I don't really believe that Justin Fields is as mobile of a quarterback as everybody believes. And, and uh, yeah, it's, I agree with you. The offensive line is horrible over there. I think Nick Foles is going to wind up um, being the guy, uh, you know, when the, when the time comes. Now, yeah, Fun fact for you. What's that?
1: Did you know that Justin Tucker's uh, record-breaking field goal was, I think, 13 yards longer than the Bears' total offense?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Bears total offense was, was like
1: 43 or 44 or something.
0: They only had about 46 yards offense or something. And then, and yeah, it was, it was bad. Tucker's field goal was actually longer in that situation. So the
1: entire way that the bears moved the field in the entire game,
0: (laughs) which is a really condemning statistic on Justin Fields, but we called this, we called this, you and I have been calling this for months and months and months. And everybody has called us crazy. And I had to, to sit there on, on social media while Vikings fans went, oh, we could have had Justin Fields, and we balked on him, and I don't know why we did. Well, that's why. 68 yards is why. So, there you go. Um, now, with all the injuries that we had, uh, we, we, we did have, uh, we'll start with Patriots running back James White. He suffers a hip subfluxation. There we go, easy for me to say. And uh, he'll be out indefinitely. James White is a a uh, great change of pace back for the the Patriots, but it seems like he gets hurt every year at some point. Is that am I am I wrong? It's,
1: it seems to seems to be that way.
0: Yeah, it's a new trend. I mean, he didn't get hurt for the first couple of years, but but the last two or three years now, he's he's been banged up, um, and and I, I think that as as good of a change of pace back as he is, um, the the Patriots might wind up cutting him loose if he continues this this trend. But it is a loss for for Mac Jones, who actually before this week was pretty darn good in Week One and Two.
1: Yeah, and then a a, a big downgrade, and it will be interesting to see who they replace James White with. New England usually does because they don't usually stick with one running back. So right now it's next man up.
0: Yeah, uh, New England has has run a uh, a running back by committee. For quite some time now, they really haven't had a true number one back. I mean, really since Sony Michelle, and and then they they dumped Sony Michelle over to the. You, the even th-
1: Michelle wasn't really the number one back.
0: Well, he was the number one for a while. He had decent numbers while he was there, but the problem is, is he got traded and he was injured all last year. Um, I know because I had him in fantasy, <laughs> and it was horrible. But uh, yeah, he he um, not now they 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 have Damian Harris over there, who I think will be a true number one and be a good number one but they need to get a change of pace guy over there and, and that can stay healthy on top of it. So uh, next up Broncos wide receiver, KJ Hamler placed on season ending IR with a torn ACL. I don't feel like this is a huge loss for the Broncos. Not at all. Uh, this is the gentleman who who started as a uh, quarterback last year when all of their quarterbacks went down with COVID. Um, he's not a bad receiver, but he's, he's three or four on the depth chart. Uh, and it's not a huge loss for him, but you know, the, the Broncos, I mean, Teddy B has, has a good rapport with Jerry Judy, but with Jerry Judy suffering a few injuries here and there, Hamler has had to step in. Uh, so yeah, they get, uh, old KJ there. He's out of, uh, commission. Um, next up the Jaguars. Well, we'll start with the 49ers. The 49ers elevate carry on Johnson to the main roster after suffering a slew of injuries to the running backs. I mean, to me, I feel like this is just setting up for another injured running back. I mean, with Carryon's injury history, am I wrong? It's, it's possible, but if Carrion's healthy, he's one of the best backs in the league. I disagree with that. I strongly disagree with that. Carrion Johnson has done nothing to impress me. Since he came into the league, he's done nothing to impress me. I mean, everybody made such a big hoopla and hubbub about this guy. He, he's been, and I, I said he was injury prone, and he turned out to be injury prone, but even when he was on the field, I mean, he had probably one good game about one good game a season is what he was good for and and beyond that i've never been impressed with carry on johnson i think this is just set man maybe the change of scenery will do him good in san francisco because it is a run first um a run first uh team there and a run first offense and they're they're very zone run heavy but i don't know if if uh carry on johnson is is you know?
1: in, in, in his first two seasons, he was on pace for 1,000 before he, before he got hurt in both the first two seasons. Yeah. The biggest thing with him is injury.
0: Well, yeah, he is injury-prone. Um, I, I would have to look at his, his actual numbers here. Um, but at the end of the day, Carrion moved up from the, from the Niners, uh, and uh, he'll be with them moving forward. Uh, next up, you got the Dolphins placing Tua Tungaveloa on IR. Um, they're hoping that, that he's going to return at, in, in about week six, um, but who knows? Uh, Tua, he had a, a major injury history. We know that when he got drafted, we said he had an injury history, um, and we, we said that that was going to be a big problem for him. And uh, here we go Tua back on IR. Uh, is is this the beginning of the end for Tua before he even gets a, a real shake?
1: Uh no, I, he'll he'll come back from this one, but it's not gonna matter because Tua's not very good. It's just it's it's been the beginning of the end since he first started his first game.
0: Yeah, I, I'm not entirely sold on Tua. I wasn't sold when he got drafted. Uh, he got he got drafted before Justin Herbert, and I didn't understand it. And uh, yeah, he's you know I, I I was like that's a bad. A bad draft choice, and a lot of people made a big deal of it, and I just I thought it was kind of a joke.
1: Um, yeah, because I mean, even now, even though Herbert's the best quarterback from that class, the the only, and I still stand by this, even with everything going on, um, the only quarterback that made that there was any argument at all to make to draft above a Herbert w- w- was Burrow. Yeah, everyone else, and and I'm um, Herbert's showing to be better than Burrow, but. Berto the only one that even made sense to take over Herbert. No one, no one else should have even been in the, in the top, whatever.
0: Let me see here. So, one thing I so in the 2020, 2021 season, Carry um, On Johnson, just so you know, 181 yards.
1: I, was, I, was thinking, I said his first two seasons, so 18, and 19.
0: In 20, uh, he wasn't on pace for 1,000 in, in 19, 20. He had 403 yards through eight games. He's
1: halfway through. He's getting close. He's, he's, he's a little bit behind, but his, his rookie year, he was well over pace.
0: He, he only had one game over 100 yards. His rookie year, let's see, through 10 games, he had 641.
1: He's so only it, the starter for seven. Let's see. So seven games, 604. So not even half the season, he's, he's over halfway to 1,000. But he only,
0: he only started seven. One of those games, if yeah, well, actually, it looks like he started eight because uh, he had the sixteen carries versus the Patriots in Week Three for a hundred and one yards. So he was their starter there.
1: And so half of the season, he's still over halfway.
0: Yeah, I, but we're,
1: we're splitting hairs. I mean, the biggest thing here is his injuries. Anyway, I mean, he's not going to stay healthy. He can't. He's probably he can't.
0: That's a big thing. But I, I wanted to look at those numbers to see if you were right on that. But uh, back to Tua here. Uh, Tua. Yeah, I, I'm with you here. I think he's a bust. I, I don't think he's he's a very good quarterback. I think he has a hard time um, hitting certain receivers. I think him and Jalen Waddle had a. It, they. I think that's kind of what they were looking for in this situation, and that him and Jalen Waddle were going to have some sort of like magical, you know, connection because of their connection in college. Um,
1: yeah, the Walmart version of Burrow and Chase.
0: Yeah, that's kind of what it is. It's it it's the it's like you know the store brand. <laughs> that's. And, and, and it hasn't worked out. It's the, the, good, the great value brand is, is what it is. And, and yes. it, it has not been a great value at this point because Jalen Waddell has suffered. I, I think Jalen Waddell will be very good in this league. I, I honestly believe that with the way he's looked with really two bad quarterbacks with Brissett And, uh, uh, and Brissett's a high-end backup. Um, and Tua, I, I think once you get a really good quarterback over there for him, Jalen Waddle's going to be great, but Tua is not the guy. And uh, the the injury bug strikes again for old Tua Loa. So there's mm-hmm. that. Um, next up, the, this one is a big hit for the Panthers. Cornerback J.C. Horn likely out for two to three months after suffering a broken foot versus the Texans. Um, he was on pace to have. He was
1: playing well. Yeah. We, we, we had talked about him a couple times in our rookie rankings. He was having a good season. That's a big hit for, for a, quite, a very young talent.
0: Yeah, then, and it's it's painful for the Panthers, and they they actually had a pair of really bad injuries, um, and the the biggest one, uh, Panthers running back Christian McCaffrey, he suffers a hamstring injury during the win over the Texans. Uh, head coach Matt Rule says the team isn't going to be placing him on IR, but he may be inactive for the next couple of weeks. You know, the the big thing about the so. I don't know if you saw the play, Tyler, but he as he was coming around the edge, he it was non-contact. He comes up, he he clutches at his hamstring, very eerily similar to the Dalvin Cook hamstring injury from last year against Seattle. Just coming around the edge, reached up, grabbed his ankle. It kind of looked like Booby Miles. Uh,
1: from yeah, the, they're they're fortunate that he's not missing the season.
0: Yeah, I mean he he was so so hurt last year. And, uh, you know, well, it's the
1: same, it is the same injury. They just, they just kept forcing them back.
0: Yeah. And now, now we're going to be, you know, possibly aggravating it again, but at the end of the day, Christian McCaffrey, may be benched for the next few weeks, uh, Chuba Hubbard will be taking over for him. Chuba looked okay, uh, coming in for in relief of him. I want to see if Chuba Hubbard with a week of practice and with the starters and kind of getting his footing, uh, at an NFL speed. I want to see if he can, if he can turn it up in, in his second week because he'll be the start for this week. I've, I believe it's
1: possible he can turn it up, by, but at the end of the day, he's not CMC. Most players aren't, and that's okay.
0: Yeah, to, to ask him to be CMC is, is a lot. I think Chuba Hubbard, though, last week proved that he could be a high-end backup in this league. Now, next up, you've got uh, the, ja- well, the Colts guard Quinton Nelson. This is a big one, too. The Colts guard, Quentin Nelson, suffers a high ankle sprain versus the Titans. He was carted off the field. He did not return to the game. Um, nobody knows how bad this injury is. They haven't said how if he's going to be out for this week or how long he's going to be out or whatever the case may be. This is a huge hit for uh, the Colts. He's the best lineman they have, and uh, Quentin Nelson, I mean, it, that, that's a loss. That's a giant loss.
1: that's a huge loss you're talking arguably the, um the, the, the best lineman in this league and that's going to be a major hit
0: yeah it, it's an ankle it, it is an ankle injury he and, and it appears serious enough to the point where he might not even play in week four currently um, it, it's saying that it's not looking good for him so uh, we, we might not see Quentin Nelson but for for he he's the most valuable player that the Colts have right now um, absolutely. And then for him to be out, that's, that's brutal for him. Um, next up, you got the Bears linebacker, Khalil Mack. He exits the game with a foot injury. He did return in the second half, but uh, he's listed as questionable for this week. Um, that's a big hit for the, the uh, defense with the Bears. they have That's probably the only thing the Bears have going for them is a very, very good defense. And uh, Khalil Mack leads the way on that defense.
1: Yeah, they're going to force him back because they need ticket sales.
0: Yeah, more than likely. I mean, it, it wouldn't surprise me knowing the Bears and uh, knowing, you know, that organization and, and they they want those ticket sales at Soldier Field. They're going to force Khalil Mack back. He's he's probably the only thing that they have going for him. Uh, um, I mean, that defense really is the only thing they have going for him. But but uh, op- offensively, it's rough. So they need Khalil Mack back on the field to make that defense look pretty. Um, next up, you got the Jets tight end Tyler Croft sustains a chest injury for the Broncos. I'm sorry, versus the Broncos. Easy for me to say, uh, and he did not return. Um, Tyler Croft, he is kind of one of the unsung heroes of the uh, the Jets faithful here. Um, yeah, he he's uh, and they they called it a chest injury, but you know it's actually an injury more towards the ribs. Uh, it's, it's a low chest injury. But uh, yeah, he's they, they don't know he's listed as questionable for this upcoming week. Um, he was—he didn't return in week three. How big of a hit is this for a guy like Zach Wilson who's trying to get his footing, um, losing one of his top targets?
1: I mean, it technically it's a hit, but the fact of the matter is, is Zach Wilson can't hit his targets right now, so it's yeah almost a non-factor. I hate to say it, but uh, and I—I I do think this is more of a uh, Jets brass problem, but. I, I think the Jets are too far gone for any hit to really be a factor.
0: Right. Well, one, one that I do think is a factor is, is they also had wide receiver Elijah Moore. He suffered a concussion in the second half of the game. He didn't return, uh, and, and he didn't practice on Wednesday. So uh, he's not practicing Wednesday. So Elijah Moore, I mean, this is a guy that everybody had been talking about and people have been talking up, saying that he's the real deal and saying that he could be one of the top wide receivers in this league. Um, and he's looked the part. I mean Elijah Moore has looked good. Uh, I, I, Zach Wilson, having a bad quarterback like Zach Wilson um, and playing for the Jets, obviously that's not helping his situation at all. Um, you know, but, but his route, what route the routes he runs and everything he's doing. Um, I actually like Elijah Moore. And, and I think Zach Wilson hasn't been targeting him enough. He only has five receptions for 44 yards, but a lot of people, if you if you watch, um, you know any of the the uh, NFL Network or any of the analysts, they always make a big deal about how good routes he's running and and the things he's doing and how the Jets aren't getting him involved enough. Uh, so Elijah Moore, I think this is a hit for the Jets. I think he has the talent to be an elite talent in this league. If he, if, but maybe not on the Jets, um, and uh, he might not see another team to become the talent that they believe he can become. Um, over there with the Jets. I I know you think that right now not a lot of weapons uh being lost are going to be you know uh uh factors for the Jets but I, what do you think Elijah Moore is is it, a, is it a painful one?
1: It is. He's 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 got potential. I, I just I I think it's going to be everyone wants to get the heck out of New York type of situation so he won't get another you won't get a real opportunity to see what he does until he finds a new home.
0: Yeah. I I think this is that that organization right now is just it's a dumpster fire. It's a sinking ship, and uh, Elijah Moore needs to get the hell out of there, and and really, so does Zach Wilson. Uh, Sam Darnold did it, and you saw what what he well how he's turning out right now. So uh, we'll see how, how that goes. Um, next up, uh, Giants had a, a several injuries. Um, first of all, they they lose both their receivers, Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard. They exit the game versus Atlanta um, in the first quarter, both with hamstring injuries. Both of these guys. Sterling Shepard's actually been playing out of his mind for the first couple of weeks here. Jet, uh, or
1: giants are heading down a very dark direction. They, they have all the talent in the world before the season, and they just cannot put it together right now. And now the injuries are adding up, and it's going to get worse.
0: I think Joe Judge is a joke. I really do. And, and that organization is, you know, and then you got the owner kicking garbage cans over and doing all the things that he's doing. And then on top of these, those two injuries, they lost linebacker Blake Martinez in the fourth, uh, first quarter of last game with a knee injury in week three. So you, you lose three key players. Um, I think Joe Judge doesn't know what the hell he's doing. I think the GM doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Uh, they, they stacked all these guys, and, and the fact that they kept Joe Judge around after last season's debacle, um, it, it just kind of tells me all I need to know. And I'm with you. I think that, that this, this organization is going down a very, very dark path they're going to have to have a complete culture shock and culture change. I don't think Kenny Galladay was a good addition for them. I think he's been a joke since he got there, and he's got a bad attitude. Um, we, we heard the stories of him actually leaving the room to field calls from Baltimore um, in the middle of his negotiations with the Jets. I mean, there's there's obvious attitude problems with the Giants right now. And they you're right, they do have all the talent in the world. And I think da- Daniel Jones has honestly shown us, you know, we didn't put a lot of stock in him when he got drafted, and he, he's developed. Daniel Jones has developed into a decent quarterback, and, and he continues to develop. I think this kid could be a good quarterback in this league. I
1: think, I think he's kind of regressed a little bit. I mean, I, I think a guy like uh, Sam Donald could, could really win with this team. Yeah,
0: and that, that, that's possible, but, but you got to get a different head coach in there.
1: 100 percent. That's that's the biggest issue right now.
0: Yep. That is the biggest issue right now is is the head coach in the front office. I mean, I, I, I believe firmly that Daniel Jones could be a star quarterback at some point. And I just want to see him develop. And, and he, I you you think he's he's regressed. I, I don't think he has. I think he's actually looked good. Um, But I think the play calling's off. I think they're not a lot of their weapons are going down. They're they're losing a lot of pieces. There's problems in New York. And, and it's both New York Jets and the Giants are kind of sinking ships right now from a coaching, a front office standpoint. It's a nightmare. It's a mess. So here we go. Uh, Sterling Shepard's been playing out of his mind. I think that's a huge hit for Daniel Jones. Darius Slayton has been a little more quiet, but when he does start up, he gets hot. And he has a couple of big catches for touchdowns. We saw that in the, the last couple of years, Darius Slayton just becoming, you know, the guy. How big of hits are those to Daniel Jones, Tyler?
1: It's going to make a major hit because Daniel Jones is more of a game managing quarterback, and he's losing all of his weapons now. And now he's got to re- he's gonna have to rely on, on the guy who's been a loudmouth in, in Galladay, and, and then back to Barkley. So it's going to be a massive hit.
0: Yeah, I, I'm with you there. I believe that that it's going to be a, an absolute nightmare for him, um, relying on a guy like Kenny Galladay who's clearly got an attitude problem. Um, I don't know how everybody how he was so. Uh, just love and coveted in Detroit for all that time, but he was. And, uh, now it, it, his true colors are showing. Um, next up the Bengals corner Chidobe Owuzi. He, uh, suffers a groin injury versus the, uh, the Steelers this past Sunday. He exits the game early. He didn't return. Um, has been a pleasant surprise for the Bengals. I watched him in week one and, uh, yeah, he, he actually shut guys down. Um, yeah, it, it was... Awuzie's uh,
1: look good. This, this one's going to be a bit of a hit for, for this this team that's starting to be on the rise.
0: Right. And, uh, you know, I, I also want to point out, and there were a couple of, of uh, additional guys that are going to be out for this week. Uh, Awuzie is considered um, questionable, but two guys that are ruled out for this Bengals game as well, T. Higgins. And uh, Justin Bates are all out, Jesse Bates rather, uh, all out for this week. And uh, Riley Reef is listed as questionable. So they have an injury bug over there with the, the Bengals losing T Higgins and lo- losing Jesse Bates. You lost a guy who is probably your number two receiver over there who's actually performing like a number one. It's almost like they got two number ones. It's like 1A and 1B over there. Right. But they also have uh, Jesse Bates who's arguably one of the best safeties in the league right now. And uh, those guys are going to be out for this week versus the Jaguars. Huge hit for Joe Burrow and huge hit for that Bengals defense. Am I wrong?
1: 100%.
0: Yeah, that's that's going to be a rough game for them. Uh, but thankfully, they're only taking on the Jags. So, And speaking of the Jags, the Jags offensive tackle Cam Robinson. He suffers a right shoulder injury versus Arizona. The star offensive tackle for them. Um, I mean, as if things couldn't get any worse for Trevor Lawrence over there, you know, he's, he's having a, a, a rough time and,
1: uh, and as we run around even more,
0: right. Um, he, he was upgraded to a full practice. Cam Robinson was, uh, uh as of yesterday, but, uh, yeah, Cam Robinson, uh, we'll, we'll see how, how they use him. And if they expect him to, to, uh, you know, play, they were, they were planning there. The rumor was they were going to place him on IR, but it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. So we'll see if they, they keep him on a pitch count or whatever the case. Uh, speaking of the Jaguars, they did make a move, and this is the one I wanted to talk about the most. They, they trade former first-round corner C.J. Henderson for tight end Dan Arnold and a fifth-round pick. Uh, I don't understand this move. I, I, I seriously—
1: No, I'm, I'm there with you. This is another one of those head-scratcher-type head moves.
0: Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't understand. Um, you, you picked up the guy in the first round. Um, I understand that his, his, you know, PFF grades have been down. Um, he, he, he's allowed five receptions on six targets. I understand that he's, he's lower on the depth chart, but I think this guy could be a starter in the league. And,
1: oh, uh, he, he definitely came with the, with the right staff.
0: Yeah. And and I think they're, they're kind of wasting him. The Panthers make the move to get him because of the injury to J.C. Horn. And I think I see a very similar player to J.C. Horn and C.J. Henderson. Um, he's, he's, he only had a 51.5 PFF grade. I get it. He's, he's not playing, you know, incredible ball. But I, I don't understand the logic here. You, you're going to piss away a first-round talent for a, a Dan Arnold? Really? That's your big move? It's like, you no. Know, it reminds me of? It reminds me of the scene in Men in Black where he just walks into the, the whole thing where all the aliens are all over the place and he shoots the little girl in the forehead?
1: Yeah, that's, yeah. That's
0: it. That's basically what it is. Like, why'd you want to shoot little Susie in the face? Like, it, it just doesn't make sense. Um, and then last but not least, the injury news around the league, Titans wide receiver A.J. Brown exits a game in the first quarter against the Colts with a hamstring injury. Um, new, this one was, was painful. For, uh, AJ
1: Brown and Julio are both um, severely questionable for this week.
0: Yes, and that's going to be a, a brutal thing. Both are with with hamstring injuries. Um, thankfully, it's just the Jets they're taking on, so it, it's going to be the Derrick Henry show over there. So you know, if you all you fantasy owners out there who have Derrick Henry, woohoo, you know. But uh, that that's not what you want to see. You got both these guys, so you could have that big one-two punch at the wide receiver mark. Um, both of them are are out are looking like they're likely going to be out uh for this upcoming Sunday
1: could is, get interesting
0: is Derrick Henry going to have to carry the load this week?
1: Yeah, I mean he always does we's going to do so even more so than usual but you're, you're, some of those young receivers are going are to step it up.
0: Right and and that's kind of how it's how it's looking. But uh Tyler that's your news around the league and uh we've got one more thing we got to do here. Um we, we have to give our predictions for week four.
1: You're now, down a game.
0: I'm down a game. Um, I, I, took, I took a few risks this past week, and, uh, but here we are. And the We're in week four. Are you ready, Tyler? Let's do it. All right. Here are your predictions for week four in the NFL, uh, starting with the Jags and the Bengals. I'm going with the Bengals here. That's tomorrow night, uh, Thursday night football.
1: I'm taking the Bengals as well
0: yeah I think this one's gonna be a blowout I'm taking the Bengals I think Joe Mixon has himself a game um, Bengals are gonna be running all over them uh, next up you got the Titans and the Jets in spite of the two injuries that we just talked about I'm going with the Titans same here yeah I don't I don't think uh, Zach Wilson has enough to get it done uh, and and I think that Titans defense is just gonna have their way with the uh, Jets there. Uh, next up, you got the Lions and the Bears. Now this one could get interesting. It's kind of a toilet bowl game. Uh, we we know that, but you know it depends on what quarterback starts. Am I wrong?
1: It definitely does.
0: I mean, like that that's that's basically it depends what quarterback starts for the Bears. I think if you're you're looking at because the Bears defense is still good. If you're looking at Andy Dalton or and Nick Bowles starting, I think the Bears win this football game. Um, I, if you, if you look at Justin Fields starting this game, I think the, the lions will, will wind up squeaking one out. It's up in the air. I'm going to go ahead and go with the bears here based on the fact that I don't think Justin Fields starts this game.
1: I'm going to go with the lions in this one.
0: Ah. I think the lions
1: win this game, no matter who's at quarterback.
0: Really? I think the bears defense and the lions, the lions are bad, but the bears are atrocious. Uh, next up, we got the Colts and the Dolphins. I'm going to go ahead. Well, this one's kind of rough too because the Colts have not played good ball. You got an injured Carson Wentz. Um, I'm still going to go ahead and go with the Colts because of Jacoby Brissett. Uh, I, I don't think. Well, yeah, I take that back. I'm going Dolphins. I want to go Dolphins here. They they just did a they gave a run for their money uh, this past week to the to the old Raiders. There, I'm going with the Finns.
1: I'm going Colts for the opposite reason. I think the Colts kind of gave Titans a run for their money, and I, I think they're going to get the job done against the Dolphins.
0: Oh boy, um, this one is going to be a close one. Uh, the Vikings and the Browns. Uh, Vikings played a really great game against Seattle. Uh, the Browns, obviously, they're they're looking like like playoff contenders, and their defense looks really really good. Kirk Cousins playing out of his mind for the for the last two games. Oh man, that's a toughie. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a shot in the dark. They burned me in week one, but I'm gonna give it to them. I'm going with the Vikings.
1: I am going with the Browns. I uh, I think the Browns are significantly a better defense than than the, than the Seahawks. Um, it's gonna be a good game. This is kind of like your match of the week type of feel. But I think the Browns defense is gonna is gonna be a little a little overwhelming. It's gonna still be a good offense by the Vikings, but I think the Browns are gonna pull this one out.
0: Yeah, I, and and I'm I'm taking a shot in the dark. I'm taking a risk on that one, and I know I am because my my heart tells me to go with the Browns, but I'm just gonna take a shot at it and say let's see if I can get the upset here. Um, next up, you got the Washington football team versus the Atlanta Falcons. I'm going uh, Washington here. I think Tyler Heineke rebounds after last week uh, last week's loss. I don't think the Falcons get it done against Washington like they did against the Giants.
1: Uh, I'm going to go Falcons on this one. I, I think the, the, uh, offense for the, Fal- for the Redskins are going to, not the Redskins, the football team are going to be a little too, too floundering.
0: Right. Uh, it depends on which, which Tyler Heineke shows up. Really? I mean, that's, that's going to be the big one. Um, next up, you got the Texans and the Bills. This is going to be probably your blowout game of the week. I'm going with the Bills.
1: Bills, Bills, Bills.
0: Yep, nobody circles the wagons like Buffalo Bills. Next up, you got the Saints and the Giants. An interesting matchup because Jameis Winston is coming off of a good week,
1: so Which means
0: means he's <laughs> five picks in this game. <laughs> uh, in in reality, I, I think I'm going to go ahead and go with the Saints. Um, I, I think the Giants right now, with all the injuries and and the problems they're having, and the the negative atmosphere there, and the, the very toxic environment. I'm going with the Saints here.
1: I'm going Giants. Wow! I think I think Gallades end up having a game, and I think they're they're going to ride Barkley in this
0: game pretty hard. Yeah, it looks like he's getting back. He's right back to full strength now. So you know they're going to be riding him out. Um, next up, you got the Chiefs and the Eagles. Chiefs coming off, and both these teams coming off of the loss. Chiefs looking to rebound. Uh, Eagles, I mean, they're looking like a dumpster fire. Um, I'm going Chiefs here.
1: Yeah, I'm going Chiefs as
0: well. Uh, next up, you got Panthers and Cowboys. I think this will be a fun game. Uh, this
1: will be a good one.
0: This will be a fun game. I'm going Cowboys here.
1: I I am too. I think the Cowboys are too red hot right now. They kind of should be three and zero. Yeah, they should be. Um, and this is gonna be, but if the Panthers can keep up, the Panthers might have a legitimate shot at going to playoffs.
0: Yeah, I mean, right now they're three. what well, they three and zero right now. And mm-hmm. Sam darnold has been on a 3-0 and team. Uh, Panthers, are, they, you know, they've got a, a, a tougher schedule going forward. I know they're just coming off of a, a win against the Texans, which shouldn't have been as close as it was. Um, you know, but I, I think the Cowboys are too hot. I think that defense is playing really well in spite of the fact that it really does not have very good personnel and that they are missing pieces on that Cowboys defense. But uh, that it, it's been turned around. And, and I'm surprised by how it's been turned around, especially considering it's Atlanta's former head coach who did turn it around, who sucked on defense at coaching defense in Atlanta. So, I mean, it, here we are. Um, I'm going Cowboys here. Uh, next up, you got Seahawks and Niners. This one, I mean, Niners gave the Packers a, a run for their money. We know that, that uh, divisional games are always played a little funky. And, uh,
1: Absolutely.
0: I don't I don't know that the Seahawks are the same Seahawks. I'm going with the Niners here.
1: I'm doing 49ers as well.
0: Uh, next up, this one, outside of Vikings-Browns, this one sounding like game of the week worthy as well. Cardinals and Rams on Sunday at 4 o'clock. Buddy, I got to tell you, this one's going to be fun. I'm going with the Rams. I think Stafford continues his hot streak.
1: I think... Uh, Murray gets, gets slippery and, and, and makes some plays happen. I'm going to go Cardinals.
0: Ooh, buddy. That's going to be a fun game. I'm excited for that one. Matt Stafford, when he went to the West, do you think he was just sitting around going, you know, I didn't really think about all the competition that's over there. <laughs> well, he went to the right team, though. Oh, yeah. He, he did go to the right team, though. Uh, Next up, you got the Steelers and the Packers. I'm going with the Packers. The Packers. Yeah, Packers all day. Aaron Rodgers are in a funk. Roethlisberger, you know, slipping. Uh, I think he's going to get thumped um, by Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Next up, you got Ravens and Broncos. This one's actually going to be a fun game. Broncos are 3-0. Ravens are 2-1. Ravens coming off the close one against the Lions. Broncos' defense is actually playing pretty good ball. But I'm going with the Ravens. I'm going to go ahead and take Lamar, and I say he bounces back after a tough one against the Lions. I'm
1: taking the Ravens as well. The Ravens have three defenders that were on COVID last week, including Justin Houston, coming back this week. They also have Miles Boykin and Rashad Bateman coming off of IR. So the Ravens are going to be a full staff receiver on a year where the Ravens are already a better pass team than they have been in prior
0: years. Absolutely, and I think having Bateman back is going to be a, a huge uh, coup for them given how uh, Hollywood Brown has struggled. You know, catching wide open passes. I think we're going to see if Rashad Bateman can get it done. Uh, he was a first round pick. I want to see if he can do it. I think, uh, you know, a lot of people have predicted he's going to be Michael Thomas Light. And uh, that's kind of what I'm, I'm expecting from Bateman. Next up, you got Bucks and Patriots. Uh, the <laughs> Talk big about blowout re- of the week. The big return home for Tom Brady. On Sunday night football, everybody's been kinda waiting for that moment. Tom Brady returns back to New England, and I think he beats the brakes off the Patriots in this game. Oh, it's case. gonna
1: be it's gonna be bad. I'm gonna watch for the opening part of the game, and then I won't be watching any part of that game.
0: <laughs> oh, I'll be watching it just so I can watch the Bucks beat the brakes off the Patriots. I mean, yeah, blowouts on. suck. It's gonna be a blowout. A car wreck.
1: It's gonna be a very bad car wreck. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's a that's why you watch watch NASCAR, you know, you wanna see the wrecks, right? <laughs> But uh, no, Bucks and Patriots. I, I'm going with the Bucks here. And uh, last but not least, Monday Night Football. You got a actually pretty good game. You got the, the number one uh, uh, Vegas Raiders, the, the number one in their division, taking on the two and one Chargers, coming off a win over the Chiefs. Uh, man, this is going to be a good game. Chargers are hot. Raiders are hot. I think Derek Carr gets it done. I'm going with the Raiders. You're going
1: with the Raiders. Wow. I actually started writing down the other one for you. I'm going Chargers here.
0: Yeah, I I like the Chargers. I think Justin Herbert is playing great ball. I think he's a great quarterback. But I'm going to go ahead and take a shot in the dark on the Raiders because Derek Carr is hot right now. Even coming off the tough tough, uh, matchup that they had, the comeback against uh, the Dolphins, which was a little too close for comfort. Yeah, I'm going to take the Raiders here. I think Derek Carr is just playing lights-out football. And, uh, yeah, he's – he's um, because of the momentum, I think the Raiders get this one. Although, I will say Herbert still looks damn good. I think this one's going to be tight, but I'm going with the Raiders. And those are your predictions for week four in the NFL. Now, Tyler, uh, week four, we got another one in the books here. Uh Want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors over at It's Your Time Massage. Amanda's a wonderful massage therapist. Tyler, have you gotten a massage?
1: Not in a while. I need to.
0: Schedule the massage, my friend. You need to schedule one.
1: We'll get it going soon.
0: Yeah, you can get on there. You can uh, schedule one, IYTMassage.com, or you can check her out at It's Your Time Massage on Facebook. Um, and also, we want to give a shout out over to Face Kicked Apparel. Um, our boys over there, uh, com. Sean's a... a an Awesome, awesome screen print guy. He does a lot of great work. T shirts, uh, pants, shirts, hats, hoodies, anything you pick it, he sticks it over at facekicktaperil.com. And uh, Tyler, week four on the way. Thursday night football coming up tomorrow. Uh, the 820 game. Don't forget, Jaguars, Bengals. It's going to be a fun week. We're getting ready to uh, getting all saddled up for uh, some more NFL football. We still have, what, 14 more weeks left to go of this stuff. Plus playoffs.
1: they will be here before you know it.
0: Yep. Yeah. So, uh, and and it's, don't forget, Tyler, it's the biggest season ever. <laughs> That's That has been pounded into my brain for uh, the last month now. So, uh, folks, thank you so much for listening. For the tenacious Tyler Dean and myself, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, we will see you next time right here on the Outside Blitz. Join us soon on The Outside Blitz and be sure to follow on Facebook at facebook.com backslash The Outside Blitz and feel free to email us questions at theoutsideblitz at gmail.com